This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. Good afternoon, everyone, from Daytona Beach, Florida. Today, 42 drivers will go after more than $1.5 million in the Daytona 500. Worldwide attention has been focused on Daytona for the past week as NASCAR's finest Winston Cup drivers have tuned, practiced, and experimented to come up with a winning combination today. But Eli Gold, even if a couple of drivers should hit up on something that makes them run a little better than everyone else, you still have to beat Lady Luck at Daytona. That's never easy. It never is easy. The last two Daytona 500s, the highlight of which we just heard from a year ago, Jeff Bodine running out of fuel. And a couple of years ago, it was Bodine who made his way to victory lane as Dale Earnhardt's car came up just shy of the finish line again, running short of fuel. But there are so many stories today, Barney, that have been developed over the last week to ten days here at the World's center of racing. Are these cars able to run by themselves? Some say yes. Bobby Allison proved that at times you certainly can, as he did during the qualifiers on Thursday. But there are other teams that feel right now to get in line and stay in line, at least in the early stages of today's race, is very much the way to go. Well, Darrell Waltrip and Bobby Allison have been the only two cars to show they might be just a little bit stronger all week long. Both won qualifying races here Thursday, but today it's 500 miles instead of 125 miles against the best in the world. And when Harold Kinder drops the green flag at roughly 12.20 Eastern Time this afternoon. Everyone at the outset will be chasing the pole sitter, Kenny Schrader, driver of the Folgers Coffee Chevrolet. He's on pit road with Dr. Jerry Punch. Gentlemen? Well, a special incentive for Kenny Schrader. You know, Dick Wilson, president of Southeastern Division of Sherman Williams Paint Company, announced the new Sherman Williams Super Performance Award. It's $10,000, Kenny, and that award goes to the fellow who sits on the pole at this racetrack here at Daytona and wins the 500. You're the only one that has a shot at it. It's a pretty good incentive in itself. Well, it sure is. You know, $10,000 is a lot of money. It goes a long ways running one of these cars. But uh, it's especially nice to know that that $10,000 is out there, and our name is the only one on it. We can the only one to get it. Well, in the new Folgers ride, the new Folgers colors, you did something that uh, drivers have been trying to do for a long time. The last driver for Harry Hyde that sat on the pole at Daytona was Buddy Baker back in 1973, and you've done it here the first time in 15 years. You feel pretty good about your shot today? Well, I really do. You know, it's a long race. There's an awful lot of cars running good, but... Uh, we know that we're one of them, and we're running as good as anybody out here and better than a lot of them. Can you run by yourself uh, out front uh, and run away from them? No, I don't think uh, we can do that, but I don't think anybody else out here can either. Who's going to be the primary competition? Who are you concerned about? Well, you just got to go down the list. There's a lot of them, but I especially have to go with, with Bobby, uh, Dale, Daryl, and David. Well, Allison, Waltrip, David, of course, back in the field, uh, and... A lot of guys he's concerned about up here, particularly the guys right behind him, Waltrip and Bobby Allison. Back at the tail end of the field, or way back in the tail end of the field, are a lot of the top names in this business that are going to have to work their way to the front. Now, how they can do that, that's going to be a major problem with losing 200 horsepower from last year. The draft is the key, and to get the thoughts of some of those drivers, let's go down to Dick Brooks. Well, one of them is Cale Yarborough, and I don't think there could be anything worse than to come to a racetrack after a couple bad, bad years or hard years and then be running the way you were running in a 125-mile race and then have an accident and then have to start the same car in the race. That's That's got to be terrible, Kyle. Well, it's, uh, it's tough, Dick, but uh, we felt like this was the best car, and so instead of you know running another car, we went on to fix this one. And uh, so far, it's done pretty good. If we can just get through all this mess, I think we'll be all right, but it's a long ways to the front. It's been a couple of years trying to put this uh, Hardy's Oldsmobile team together. Has it uh, seemed to come together, or was it or was it just a good run the other day? Well, it was. It's coming together. We ran good uh, the last race of the year last year in Atlanta, and had some problems there. And then in the 125 mile race, we were running super good, and it's coming together for me. I think this year's uh, going to be a good year for this Hardy's Oldsmobile. I hope. 
Kale's team's all dressed up. They're pumped and ready to go. Well, late in yesterday's final practice session here at Daytona, Davey Allison's car brushed the wall, and his crew worked until 9 o'clock last night and returned to the speedway at 3 this morning to get the Haviland star back into running order. Jerry Punch is with the young driver from Hueytown. Well, they're concerned about it. Of course, Eli. Eli, just commenting about your, your brush with the wall yesterday in the last session. Uh, how's the car, Davey? Well, it's, it really looks good, Jerry, and uh, we, the whole crew went over it real good yesterday. We straightened everything out. Uh, I stayed here and gave them a hand till 8.30 last night, but uh, I think they've done an excellent job of getting it back in shape, and we're going to try to put this Haviland Star Thunderbird out front. The comments all week long have been the Fords are at a disadvantage. The one-inch plate isn't fair to the Fords. Some of the drivers have been saying it, but uh, you proved a little bit differently. Can you keep up with, uh, with the Chevrolets that are, that are around you here on the front, uh, front few rows? I don't know. You know, they put the hurt on us pretty bad here in the Bush Clash and qualifying and in the qualifying races, but uh, we're gonna we're not conceding anything to them. We're going to go out there and run hard all day and try to win this thing. Let's go back now to Pit Road and Dr. Jerry Punch. Well, Bobby Allison sitting third in the Miller Buick, and Bobby, everyone in the last few days has been watching your car and saying you're the man to beat. You're the strongest horse in the field. Do you believe them? Well, I hope they're right, but I'm not sure that's correct. Uh, a lot of cars are running very, very good, and... Uh, uh, these guys don't ever give up. You know, they're going to race all day long. Well, the driver who says he can hang on to Bobby Allison is going to get a chance to finish second. At least one of the drivers told me he had a minute to go because Allison looks like the man to beat here today. He's been strong all week long. At the very back of the field are a couple of drivers, Brett Bodine and Benny Parsons. Now, they know they have their work cut out for them. Let's go back there with Dick Brooks. Well, one of them certainly does. He started on the, on the other end of the field many times, and now he's just as far back on this end as you can get, and that's Benny Parsons. Benny, what are you playing? <laughs> oh, Dick, I don't have any idea. We've changed engines in the car this morning just trying to find a little more speed, just a little bit more speed because to run with some of those cars up there, we feel like we really and truly have got to have some. You know, I've never started a race before when I couldn't look up in the rearview mirror and wish somebody good luck behind me. There's nothing back there today. Well, I think it'll all work out. You've, you've been back in the field sometime before, so uh, maybe it'll all work out. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dick. It's an unusual thought, as, as Benny Parsons said, to look back and there's no one behind you. There's a truth. Well, behind uh, Benny Parsons, actually alongside of him, there is one man as we check the starting lineup. Brett Bodine starts 42nd. He's from Chemung, New York, in the Crisco Ford. Benny Parsons starts 41st in the Bullseye Barbecue Sauce Ford. He's from Ellaby, North Carolina. 40th starter, Ed Pym of Newburgh, New York, in the Sunoco Buick. He's using a backup car, the primary car wrecked beyond repair in Thursday's qualifier. Same story for Ralph Jones. He's in a backup car starting 39th from Upton, Kentucky, the War Eagle Construction Ford. Another backup car, Mark Martin from Batesville, Arkansas, his Strolite Ford starting 38th. And yet another backup car forced to the rear of the field after Thursday's action, Jimmy Means of Huntsville, Alabama, the Eureka Vacuum Cleaners Chevrolet, he starts 37th. 36th, Dale Jarrett of Hickory, North Carolina, the Portaloo Buick. 35th is Steve Moore of Carrollton, Georgia, the Danny Bellew Chevrolet. Going 34th, Richard Petty of Randleman, North Carolina, the STP Pontiac. 33rd is Brad T of Johnson City, Tennessee, the slender U Oldsmobile. 32nd, we've heard from Cale Yarborough, the Sardis, South Carolina driver in the Hardy's Oldsmobile. 31st, Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia in the Coors Motorcraft Ford. 30th position in the field this afternoon, Connie Saylor from Johnson City, Tennessee, the Eagle Engine Chevrolet. 29th, Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin in the Lifeboy Racing Chevrolet. 28th, Trevor Boys, the Canadian driver in the Sadler Racing Chevrolet. Ricky Rudd will start from 27th position in the field from Chesapeake, Virginia, the Quaker State Racing Buick. 26 is young driver Rick Jeffrey from Prospect, Kentucky, the Slender Riser Chevrolet. 25th, Phil Barkdahl of Phoenix, Arizona, the Helen Ray Special Ford. 
Michael Waltrip starts in 24th position. There's a story there we'll cover a little later this afternoon in the Country Time Pontiac. Starting 23rd, Eddie Beerswall from San Antonio, Texas, the Wayne Paging Racing Chevrolet. 22nd, Derek Cope of Charlotte, North Carolina. The Pure Later Filters Ford. And 21st is Kyle Petty of Randall, North, Randall, North Carolina in the Sitco Racing Ford. Middle of the field, 20th starter, Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina, the Skull Bandit Chevrolet. 19th is Phil Parsons of Denver, North Carolina, the Crown Skull Classic Oldsmobile. Buddy Baker goes 18th from Charlotte, North Carolina, the Red Baron Frozen Pizza Oldsmobile. A.J. Foyt of Houston, Texas starts 17th in his Copenhagen. Olds. 16th is Alan Kulwicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin, the Xerox Antifreeze Ford. 15th, Jeff Bodine from Chemung, New York, the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. Neil Bonnet starts 14th of Alvaline Pontiac out of Hueytown, Alabama. And from Bartow, Florida, Rick Wilson starts 13th. That's the Kodak Film Oldsmobile. 12th starter, Sterling Marlin, Columbia, Tennessee, the Piedmont Airlines Olds. 11th is Morgan Shepard from Conover, North Carolina, the AC Spark Plug Buick. In 10th position is Lake Speed from Jackson, Mississippi, the Wins Kmart Oldsmobile. Starting ninth, Bobby Hillen Jr. of Midland, Texas in the Miller High Life Buick. The eighth starter is Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas in the Budweiser Chevrolet. Seventh starter this afternoon, Greg Sachs from Mattituck, New York in the Dingman Brothers Racing Pontiac. And sixth, Dale Earnhardt out of Kannapolis, North Carolina, the GM Goodrich Chevrolet. Fifth starter, Rusty Wallace from St. Louis, Missouri in the Kodiak Racing Pontiac. Fourth starter, Darrell Walter from Franklin, Tennessee in the Tide Chevrolet. In third position, Bobby Allison of Hueytown, Alabama. your engine. And you hear the command to fire engines down on pit road. Allison goes third on the grid in the Miller High Life Buick. And on the front row, Davey Allison of Hueytown, Alabama, the Haviline Ford. And on the pole, Kenny Schrader from Fenton, Missouri, in the Folgers Racing Chevrolet. The Great American Race comes up next from Daytona Beach, Florida. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad. Rubber-coated hardware for a better fit and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Forty-two cars are pulling out of the speedway in a scary moment there for Davy Allison. Just as they pulled off pit road, the car stalled for a quick moment and sit there for about 30 seconds. Now has fired and joined up to the field down in turn number one. This is a 2.5-mile speedway. The turns one and two lie east and west. 31-degree banking in the corners down there. And to cover the action for Motor Racing Network this afternoon in that vicinity of the racetrack, let's go to Joe Moore from Hampton, Virginia. Thank you, Barney, and good afternoon, everyone. What a beautiful day here in Central Florida as we get ready for the Great American Race this afternoon. We've seen quite a bit of action here in the past week in turns one and two of the speedway, and a lot of that is being caused by the problems with the draft here on the back straightaway. No one is able to get out and make passes by themselves 
as we've seen in past years. So what they're doing in turns one and two many times is a few cars will drop down to the inside of the racetrack trying to get out of the main line of traffic and form their own little draft to make this shot down the back straightaway. That's cause for a lot of interesting moments here coming off turn two hitting this back straightaway and we'll be watching all that for you here this afternoon. Cars could be up as high as 196, 97 miles an hour at the end of that long back straightaway and that 31 degree banking is the only thing that catches them as they go in there and sometimes it's three wide getting into that corner. At least that's what we have seen all week here to cover the action over in turn three. Let's go to Rick Benjamin from Kearney, Nebraska. Thank you, Barney. Good afternoon, everyone. Lots of activity here, especially yesterday in the Bush Grand National event at the end of the 3,000-foot main chute. As Joe Moore described, the cars, many of them will try to stay high, but a few of the more adventuresome drivers will work low and try to make that pass into three. Many of the drivers have been saying they don't think they can do it with the newly restricted motors. A few yesterday were successful. Bobby Allison, who won yesterday, was among them. We'll be keeping an eye on that action, and then, of course, as the cars move into turn three and climb the 31-degree banks. Right now, the field rumbling past the turns number three and four area. One car breaks out of formation and heads down pit road following in behind a couple of the safety vehicles and Jimmy Means automobile will be making an obviously unscheduled trip down the pit lane. We'll update you on that in a second but up in turns number three and four where we've seen a lot of the hands played out over the course of Speed Week's 1988 is MRN's resident snowbird from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Pat Gonzalez. Eli, the 31 degree banking here in turn four at Daytona will keep most of these wins and cup cars today in the middle group. Yesterday in the Goodies 300, we saw some drivers try to run high in the turn and also drop to the bottom of the racetrack with a, a whole bunch of different results. If you run too far down on the banking and get the inside wheels of the car on the flat apron of turn four, the car gets air underneath, and as we saw here with Larry Pearson yesterday in the Goodies 300, he spun here in the turn. The cars will then drift to the outside of the uh, turn up against the concrete retaining wall as they move out of the turn where the bank levels out before they run back to the start-finish line. One update for you from pit lane. Jimmy Means now pulling car 52 back into the fray. Jerry Punch, what's the story there? Appears to be a transmission problem, Eli. They had the car on the jack and trying to get the car in gear. And, of course, that's the backup car. Means destroyed his uh, original Daytona 500 car on Thursday, so they had a very little amount of time to work on the car and get it ready. But they've got him off pit road and ready to go. Field is just going out of turn number two and down the back straightaway. They're running for a big one today. Over one and a half million dollars on the line for today's Daytona 500. A lot of unknowns to be answered, even though they have run some qualifying races and practiced and qualified and tested and fine-tuned on the cars. Losing 200 horsepower, but a whole different complexion on the race this afternoon. The drivers feel that this race could well be won on what you do getting in and out of the pits. An awful lot of strategy there. Three teams elected to change engines following yesterday's final practice session. Benny Parsons' car number 90, Kale Yarborough's Hardy's Oldsmobile, Phil Parsons' machine changing an engine following the practice yesterday. As a matter of fact, through the entire course of speed weeks for the stock cars, 211 different engines were in race cars between the six. 60-some-odd cars that tried to qualify, those who ran in the qualifying races, and right through on today's field of 42 starters, 211 power plants used over the course of speed weeks. That is a bunch of engines, as they say. Our honorary starter this afternoon is Mr. Roger Beach, the president of Unical Refining and Marketing Division. He'll put the field under green. They're up in turn four. The Pontiac Grand Prix pace car with its lights out, heads for pit road, Schrader and Davey Allison at the front of the field. Bobby Allison, Darrell Walter right behind the field in good shape looking for green. The Daytona 500 is about 1,200 yards from getting underway here this afternoon as they work their way down to the start-finish line. This crowd 
We'll get an estimate for you a little bit later this afternoon. It is by far the biggest one we have ever seen at Daytona. And it's about to get underway as Mr. Beach drops the green flag. And the Daytona 500 is under green as a hit for turn number one. Still exactly like they started up among the front four, door to door as they work into the corner. It may stay that way a while. It may not. Two by two from the third spot on back, but up front the battle side by side. Ken Schrader down on the low side of Davey Allison. Right behind him, Bobby Allison sitting in the third spot. And Darrell Waltrip's not giving in. He maintains that spot on the outside on the back straightaway. Kenny Schrader down low. Davey Allison up high. Door to door down the back straightaway. First of 200 times by. Jockeying for position. Bobby Allison going low in the Miller High Life car. And he's got second spot. Davey Allison pushes ahead by half a car length. Schrader to the bottom of the racetrack. Now as now it's Bobby Allison up alongside of Davey. Bobby Allison will take the lead. Davey Allison second, Walter third. It's the Hueytown hustle right at the front involving father and son. Davey Allison with a half car length edge. But here comes his father, Bobby, back to the low side of the track. Bobby Allison leads lap number one of the Daytona 500. But Davey Allison is not going to let his dad back in line to the corner. He's up on the high side of the racetrack. Davey Allison is and has got sole possession of the top spot. Battle is now for second. Waltrip is on the outside of the racetrack. Bobby Allison digs down to the low side. In fourth is Rusty Wallace. Fifth is Dale Earnhardt. It is still Davey Allison out in front. Bobby Ellison by himself on the low side. Daryl Waltrip hooks a couple of cars behind him, and they drop Bobby Ellison back to fifth. Here's Waltrip down low, bidding for the lead. Wallace is third. Waltrip takes the lead, going underneath of Davey Allison. He'll bring Rusty Wallace along with him into the number two spot. Bobby Allison still hung out there at the bottom of the racetrack. Waltrip, your leader. Allison got hung out to dry with no one to draft with. He's lost at least four positions. Waltrip is the new leader. Rusty Wallace rides in the number two position. The battle will be for third spot right now between Davey Allison and his dad. As they work back into turn number one, let's follow that battle into the corner. That battle for third rages on as they climb the 31-degree banking of turn one. Looks like Bobby's going to come out on top. He'll grab the spot from Davey Allison. Now Dale Earnhardt gets underneath, and Earnhardt gets a little loose in the corner, gathers it back in. He grabs the fourth spot. Waltrip is your leader. Rusty Wallace is second. Then Bobby Allison about four car lengths back in third. Daryl Waltrip up high. Davey Allison still sitting in the fourth position. Waltrip, your leader, up at a turn three. Rusty Wallace right there. Bobby Allison back up into third now, and he's closing on the front running two. Davey Allison running in fourth, and Lake Speed up to fifth. The handful now is for Dale Earnhardt and Terry Labonte. Neither man able to get back in line. However, they have enlisted some drafting partners. Schrader's on that inside groove. So too Morgan Shepard, A.J. Foyt, Buddy Baker. It's basically two by two from fifth position on back to 20th spot to the corner. Waltrip's on the point. Here comes Rusty Wallace now, charging, looking to the inside of Waltrip, he'll stick in behind him for the time being. Off the banking of turn two, Waltrip shows the way. Wallace is second, the battle for third. Davey Allison down low, Bobby Allison up high. They're joined by Lake Speed in that front five-car draft. Top five pulling away. Daryl Waltrip on top by three cars over Rusty Wallace, Bobby Allison. Davey Allison drops back to fifth as Lake Speed moves into the number four spot. Bobby Allison to the bottom of the racetrack. Rusty Wallace up high. They'll battle side by side for second place. They'll complete four laps this time around in the Daytona 5. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak.
From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Five cars are right up there in that lead pack, but from sixth position on back, they'll stack them three wide at the line. Bobby Hillen Jr. is out there. Greg Saxon at the bottom of the racetrack. Pole sitter, Kenny Schrader. They're still three wide in the west end of the track. Climbing the banking, Kenny Schrader is on the lowest part of the speedway. They'll all have to scoot up a bit, and the one who comes out with a favorite position there will be Ken Schrader, the pole sitter for the race. He picks up the sixth position. Now the battle for seventh right behind him, Hillen and Schrader. It is still Darrell Walter about in front as the cars move down the back straightaway, swinging down low and bidding for second spot again. Bobby Allison, but Rusty Wallace holds him away. Lake Speed is fourth. Bobby Allison still at the bottom of the racetrack. Lake Speed pulls to the high side. They'll go side by side for third. Walter Purlita, Rusty Wallace second. Allison holding third and then Lake Speed. The speed of that last lap, 191.2 miles an hour. Bill Elliott is on the move after starting 31st. He's up to 25th position. But there's a good three-way battle now for third spot. Heading back into the corner as Lake Speed is right there challenging Bobby Allison. They'll fall back into single file this time by, but Daly Allison looks to the outside for a chance to make his move. They'll stay in single file, tucked in pretty nicely. Off turn two, it's Walter up front. Rusty Wallace is second, Bobby Allison is third. Bobby Allison leading a couple of other cars. Lake Speed is in fourth, and Daly Allison is fifth. They're trying to close in on the two leaders. Daryl Waltrip by two car lengths over Rusty Wallace. Sixth is Greg Sachs. Daryl Waltrip holds off Rusty Wallace. Here's Bobby Allison. He'll try it up on the high side in turn four. Lake Speed to the inside underneath. will pull up alongside of Allison. They're side by side for third. The front five string it out. They're running nose to tail. The, the good battle on the racetrack has been from sixth position on back. Right now they tuck in single file. Down at the bottom of the racetrack as they work across the line is Sterling Marlin in the Piedmont Oldsmobile. He's all by himself. If he doesn't get some help, he's going to lose a bunch of positions before they get back. Good battle going on for the ninth spot now. Bobby Hillen Jr. is is holding the spot, and he has got some company down on the low side. Sterling Marlin is the one trying to make the move. Again, he shuffled out of line. No help there. He'll lose a spot off turn two. Bobby Hillen and Morgan Shepard have been going at it the last several laps. Now, here's a race for second. Bobby Ellison swinging inside Rusty Wallace. He's got second again as they hit three. Wallace tries him back up on the high side. He'll retake the number two spot. He'll take Lake Speed along with him into the third place position. Davey tucks right in behind Lake Speed as they run off turn four. That's how the field is running among the top five cars. Back to the stripe they come. Here's how they're running. Darrell Waltrip is the race leader. Rusty Wallace second. Bobby Allison third. The battle is fourth spot again. Davey Allison and Lake Speed going to turn three. We've got a race for the lead. It's Rusty Wallace down low. He's got the front spot. He's taking Bobby and Davey Allison with him. Kicking Darrell Waltrip back to fourth. Rusty Wallace, your leader. Bobby Allison in the number two spot. Lake Speed will go around Darrell Waltrip. He'll push Waltrip back into the fifth place spot. Rusty Wallace, your leader. Wallace brings him out of turn number four, single file, the front five out there all by themselves right now. It's a ways back to the rest of the field, almost three seconds back to that second draft. In sixth position, Kenny Schrader riding along seventh is Dale Earnhardt. Good battle going on for eighth spot as it works down into turn number one. And another lead change. Bobby Allison has taken the top spot once again. He made his move to the outside around Rusty Wallace with the help of Davey Allison. So now it's Bobby up front, Davey Allison second, Lake Speed third, Rusty Wallace fourth, Darrell Waltrip fifth. This time around, everyone's single file. The front five coming down the back straightaway. A move heading for the inside Lake Speed. He won't do it. He'll stay back in line. Bobby Allison remains the leader. 
Davy Allison holding on to that number two position. Lake Speed third. Then it's back to Rusty Wallace in fourth. And here is Daryl Waltrip on the low side of the racetrack. He'll take over the fourth place spot. Meanwhile, slowing on the racetrack is Morgan Shepard, who had such high hopes for today's running of the Daytona 500. The Tom Winkle AC Delco machine slowing in turns three and four. We'll get an update from Pitt Road as the leaders head back to turn number one. Unchanged among the top five. Rick Jeffrey's car is being pushed down the pit lane. Morgan Shepard taking car number 97 to the garage area. We'll have an update from Gary Montgomery there in just a few moments. But coming off turn number four, right now back to the stripe. Everybody working in a tight three-car draft. Then two car lanes back to a two-car draft among the top five cars. Bobby Allison, Davey Allison, Lake Speed, Darrell Waltrip, and Rusty Wallace. You know who's running particularly well, Barney, is A.J. Foyt getting around this racetrack in a hurry. Foyt's been strong all week long in practice, and he plans to put an awful lot of effort into his Winston Cup racing team this year to see if he can't win one or two is the way he put it in the garage area the other day. Front three, break off turn number two and head down the back straightaway. Waltrip's lost the draft for just a moment as he trails along back there with Rusty Wallace. That second draft is beginning to reel in the front five now as they head for turn three. Kenny Schrader's at the head of the class. Dale Earnhardt right behind him, then Terry Labonte and Greg Sachs. Here's Earnhardt dropping to the bottom of the racetrack, trying to pick up that sixth place position from Schrader, but Schrader will hold him off, coming off of turn four. Back to the stripe. We are working the 14th lap here of the 200 that make up the Daytona 500. Behind the top five, sixth is Schrader, seventh is Earnhardt, Sterling Marlin is eighth, ninth is Greg Sachs, Neil Bonnet goes tenth, eleventh now is A.J. Foyt, running in the twelfth spot, Bobby Hillen Jr., thirteenth is Jeff Bodine, fourteenth belongs to Buddy Baker, fifteenth is Rick Wilson, sixteenth is Ricky Rudd, seventeenth is Phil Parsons, 18th now is Alan Kowicki. 19th spot belongs to Harry Gant. Let's check in in the garage area, Gary Montgomery. I'm standing alongside Morgan Shepard. Morgan, what put you out so early? I think we burn a piston. First car out yesterday, and you're continuing that unfortunate tradition here in the 500. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, <laughs> it's real frustrating for us, but uh, we're so so proud the way the car was working, you know, and have uh, AC along as a sponsor, and uh and to have Buick, uh, the Buick car working as well as it was, it's just real frustrating to fall out this early. And, uh, you know, the car was uh, capable of winning the race, and it's just a shame. The Hoosier tires was working great. Uh, we'll get them next time. Morgan Shepard out of the 500. Will be the first car out here this afternoon. There's a five-car draft battling for the lead in the Daytona 500. Then a six-car, make that a seven-car draft, that is beginning to close in on the leaders as they head back into turn number three. Bobby Allison still out in front. Davey is second, then it's Lake Speed. Darrell Waltrip, Rusty Wallace, the top five. Waltrip drops to the bottom of the racetrack going underneath of Lake Speed. He'll pick up at least a couple of positions. Waltrip, what a move on the inside. He's up in a second. Darrell Waltrip stays down low. He has drawn even with Davey Allison for second spot. Now whether he can stay there or go backwards remains to be seen. Bobby Allison peels away. Second spot is still side by side. And now Rusty Wallace follows in right behind Waltrip and alongside Lake Speed. It's two by two to turn one. Last few times through the west end of the speedway, Waltrip's been taking a completely different line than everyone else. Once again, He's way down at the bottom of the racetrack. Got some drafting help there with Rusty Wallace. They stay on the bottom side off turn two. But there are lapped cars immediately ahead. Bobby Allison leads Davy Allison up high around the two slower automobiles. Waltrip keeps it down low, trying for third. He's going to run into the back of Connie Saylor. He's going to have to get out of it. No, he goes high and holds onto the spot. Lake Speed moved up high, allowed Waltrip to move through with the slower car ahead of him. Waltrip up into third. Lake Speed running fourth. Rusty Wallace is fifth. They'll tuck back in single file and come back to the start-finish line to complete the 17th lap of the Daytona 500. 
We'll haul it back into turn number one. Rusty Wallace is the leader by virtue of getting a good quick pit stop. Says he takes it down to turn number one. He's got a lot of company as he hits the corner. One of those accompanying there is Lake Speed. He's got the second spot as they climb the banking. In third now is Sterling Marlin. Fourth is Neil Bonnet. Fifth is Terry Labonte. And sixth is Jeff Bodine. Still chasing the Rusty Wallace car off turn two and down the back straightaway. They're in single file. A couple of lap cars on the inside. Daryl Waltrip is seventh. Here's a bid for the lead. Move way down low. Leader Wallace swings with him. Lake Speed on the inside of the racetrack and speed is your number one driver sterling marlin going by for number two lake speed your new leader wallace will get shuffled back into the third place spot as sterling marlin goes underneath to take over the second place position and here's daryl waltrip at the bottom of the racetrack daryl waltrip trying to keep it glued down low now he's got a problem he can't get back in line he's really going to have to hustle to sneak in but he's just going to keep on the charge waltrip will and draw even with terry levante the oldsmobile of lake speed leads while the chevrolet of dave marcus is limping back around to the pit area the leaders are in one. Still, Daryl Waltrip works all by himself down at the bottom of the racetrack alongside Terry Labonte, and neither will give a bit. It's Lake Speed they're chasing down the back straightaway now. Lake Speed continues to be the leader. Rusty Wallace back in third spot. We'll keep an eye on Sterling Marlin in second. He's going to go along for the ride this time. Running in the fourth position, Neil Bonnet. Waltrip and Labonte side by side. Lake Speed, your leader. Sterling Marlin holding out of the second place position. Rusty Wallace back in the third place spot. And again, Waltrip to the bottom of the racetrack. He'll move up into the fifth place spot. Front four come out of turn number four, single file. The scramble is from fifth, sixth, and seventh on back there. As Waltrip's hung out to dry, no place to get back in. Terry Labonte won't give him a place to get in there. Neither would Jeff Bodine as they tighten it up even more. But Darrell just hangs with him door to door back in one. Waltrip's still at the bottom of the racetrack, and no one will let him back in line. Terry Labonte's just ahead of him, just to the outside of Waltrip is the Jeff Bodine car, and here is Buddy Baker making some waves right behind. He's trying to find room at the bottom of the track off turn two. Lake Speed, Sterling Marlin, Rusty Wallace, one, two, and three as they make it down the back straightaway. Terry Labonte, good ride so far. He is up to fifth right behind Neil Bonnet. Bodine is sixth. Baker is seventh. The front five closing up through turn three. Again, it's still Lake Speed, your leader. Sterling Marlin holding out of the second place position. Rusty Wallace third. Neil Bonnet fourth. Terry Labonte is fifth. Also on the low side of the racetrack, Bobby Allison. Now he's closed in on the rear deck of the Tide Chevrolet of Darrell Waltrip. Possibly those two cars hooked up together can work downstairs. Dave Marcus exiting the pit lane. Dick Brooks. Well, I'm standing in his pits right now. I haven't had a chance to talk to him to see what it was. They had the car jacked up. They had a little trouble getting it rolling off. I'll have it just in a minute. Leaders are back in turn number two, chasing down everyone behind Lake Speed. It is Lake Speed on the low side of the racetrack, swinging it up high. We've kept our eye on Bill Elliott. Bill Elliott has caught the lead draft after starting 31st. He's back in 11th spot. Waltrip and Bobby Allison on the low side trying to move up too. Waltrip to the inside as again he goes to the bottom of the racetrack, taking Bobby Allison with him. Now Allison drifts up high. Parsons has to go even higher. Phil Parsons to get out of the way of Bobby Allison. I don't know. I, I, you know, it's kind of a strange feeling. I guess just the good Lord just helping me at these places. I know I've had some phenomenal runs from 40th place or something, you know. It, it's, it's really crazy. I don't know why. That's the voice of Lake Speed telling why he runs so well on the super speedways. He says he doesn't know. But here in Talladega, he always seems to be at the front of the pack. That's where he is now as he leads him into turn two. Off turn two, it's Lake Speed showing the way by a car length over Sterling Marlin now. Single file down the back straightaway. Speed and Marlin starting to open up a little running room on Rusty Wallace, who is in third. Neil Bonnet, Jeff Bodine, and Buddy Baker, the top six. Single file through turn three. Lake Speed, your leader. Sterling Marlin, second. 
Rusty Wallace holding on to third, and again, Waltrip tries the low side off at turn four. Fired back in the middle of the field. Richard Petty trying to scramble his way back to the point. He's running in 32nd spot. Lake Speed leads. Sterling Marlin in second spot. A couple of Oldsmobiles leading the Pontiac. Held down by Rusty Wallace. Now looking for a base of the lead. Here goes Sterling Marlin drawing even with Lake Speed. And he makes the pass, sweeping down to the inside. A new leader in the Daytona 500. Sterling Marlin shows the way off turn number two. It's Speed in second. Rusty Wallace is third. Battle for fifth spot. Darrell Waltrip still trying to run low. Jeff Bodine right alongside. This time, Waltrip has no help. He may go backwards. Your leader continues to be Marlin, Speed, Rusty Wallace, Neil Bonnet. Waltrip will pick up that fifth place position going underneath the Bodine in turn three. He still sits at the bottom of the racetrack. Sterling Marlin, your leader. Lake Speed second. Rusty Wallace third. Neil Bonnet fourth. you got to give Waltrip a lot of credit. He finally finds a place to tuck the car in as they come back to the line. He was not about to drift back, and he has really been working that engine just to hold what he has, and he gets in behind Jeff Bodine. Their single file, at least among the top 12 in the Daytona 500. 30 laps are complete. Sterling Marlin continues to lead the Daytona 500 from Daytona International Speedway. Right in behind him is Lake Speed, a couple of Oldsmobile still there, right there battling first and second spot. Darrell Waltrip back to the low side of the racetrack. He is again scrambling, trying to make a bid for third spot, and he'll draw even with Neil Bonnet, who's holding fourth. Dale Earnhardt is fifth. Jeff Bodine running in the sixth spot. Let's check in down in the garage area, or at least on pit road. Dick Brooks? Well, the car, the 11 car of Terry Labonte, uh slowed down, and uh, I walked over to talk to Tim Richmond. He just, I mean, Tim uh, Brewer, he's just sitting on the wall, uh, kind of calm. I asked him, I said, what happened? He said, well, the thing just shut off, and he switched the ignition, and it fired, and he went on. So they're not very excited about it, and he's going again. He is not by himself, Dick. There are a host of drivers out there at the tail end of the field who have been unable to get up through traffic at all this afternoon. Ricky Rudd is another one of those after that round of pit stops. He's been mired at the tail end of the field. Richard Petty and that STP Pontiac is kind of hanging back there. But Richard says you never worry about the early part of the Daytona 500 race. The fastest car doesn't always win here. It is a game of strategy this time around, and it may just turn out that way. Marty, we caught Tony Saylor behind the wall, and they're working on his Ralph Ball Racing Chevrolet. And, Connie, what's the problem? We don't know. I got a tremendous vibration like that nice tire change. We thought it was lost to wheel weight, but they think it's something, maybe a shock or something's locked up. Well, Connie going to try to get back out in the race. They're working on the car now behind pit wall. Nine cars in the lead draft. They're heading for three. It is still a nine-car freight train with Sterling Marlin at the head. Lake Speed, Rusty Wallace, and Neil Bonner. Waltrup up into that fifth-place position. Earnhardt at the bottom of the racetrack runs six. Bodine, Jeff Bodine back in the seventh-place position. Buddy Baker and then Bobby Allison. Another team that had high hopes of the Daytona 500 slowing on the back straightaway. The Kodak Films Oldsmobile of Rick Wilson. We'll have an update on that shortly. But the Oldsmobile color is still very strong here at Daytona. A couple of Olds running at the point. And Darrell Waltrip, Joe Moore, still scrambling in your end of the speedway in turns one and two to grab spots. Once again, he'll work back down to the low side of the racetrack. That's where the car is handling well. Right now, though, the man at the bottom of the racetrack is Bobby Allison. He's going to try to pick up some nuts, but as some of the others have done today, he's going backwards instead of forwards. Allison has no dance partner on the inside this time. It's still Sterling Marlin, Lake Speed, Rusty Wallace, and now Darrell Waltrip has moved to fourth spot. Sterling Marlin leads him up into three. Lake Speed in second. Here's Waltrip at the bottom of the racetrack. He'll take over the third place position. He'll bring Dale Earnhardt along with him. Earnhardt and Waltrip to the inside. 
Been a long time since we've seen Darrell race like he is today here at Daytona, but he is determined to win this thing if at all possible. He works his way up into the number three position. The battle now is for fourth between Earnhardt and Rusty Wallace. They're door-to-door. They're heading into one. It'll be Earnhardt there at the bottom of the racetrack trying to get Neil Bonnet to hook onto his rear deck and form a draft to get by, but Earnhardt doesn't need it. He slips by Rusty Wallace with no trouble at all. Once again, Bobby Allison goes down low. He's alongside Neil Bonnet. Bobby Allison again, though, all by himself trying to work on Neil Bonnet and is having no success. It's still Marlin, Speed, and Waltrip. Now Earnhardt for fourth, dropping Wallace back to fifth. Bonnet and Allison for sixth. Waltrip closes right on Lake Speed. He drops to the bottom of the racetrack, and again, Earnhardt will follow in his line up through turn four. Marlin, your leader, Lake Speed second, Waltrip third. The lead car is coming off turn four. They're bearing down now on the Rick Wilson machine. He had just been on pit road for a tire change and has since returned. Connie Saylor has returned to the action as well. Let's go to the pitch. Rick Wilson's, Rick Wilson's car came in and changed tires. Uh, talking to Tony Glover, what's the uh, problem? I don't know. He had a vibration. He either had a right front tire go down or a tire equalized. At this time, we're not sure. All right. Well, that's the story there. Trouble up in turn two. One car gets into the wall a bit, running in the 12th spot. Cale Yarborough brushes it and quickly brings it back down on the racetrack. He looks to be okay. Cale gets the car back in a straight line, and we will remain under green, it appears. And a moment ago, Cale Yarborough, an unscheduled stop. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Cale just uh, said he just slipped into the wall, and uh, and they just came in. Treble in turn right number there. four. Treble in four. Hitting the wall. Connie Saylor, number 99. The car slides to the outside wall. Damage to the rear and the right side of the car. He brings it back down under control. Connie Saylor just looped it around a couple of times, hit that outside concrete retaining wall. The car has bounced down to the apron of the racetrack, and it will put us under caution for the second time this afternoon, and we'll see everyone ducking in onto pit road again here in just a moment. Connie Saylor's automobile is sitting up there. Didn't appear to hit the wall all that hard as it looped around a couple of times and bounces down out of the way as the rest of the field will come by under caution. Back at Daytona International Speedway, a lot of smoke out from the Lake Speed winds. Kmart Oldsmobile and happened up in front of Pat in turn four. He came through the turn, Eli, in a big uh, group of cars, and the drivers around him did a nice job of uh, staying clear. He was definitely slowing in a hurry, and I think he's got some major engine problems. And he is on the apron of the racetrack heading towards turn number one. He is well out of harm's way as we remain under green here at Daytona International Speedway. 65 laps complete. The leader is heading back to turn four. Tight battle for the lead off of turn four. Bobby Allison still your leader and then the battle on for second now as Earnhardt closes on Gant. Bobby Allison has the biggest lead anyone's had in the Daytona 500 all day long. We'll clock it right here. It is 1.1 seconds. That's the biggest lead that anyone has enjoyed as Allison has been able to break the draft and get away from the rest of the field. But from second on back, still a good scramble in turn one. Trevor Boys is still there again, not on the lead lap and he is separating the second place car of Gant from the third place car of Earnhardt. Earnhardt's going to change that right now. He drops down to the low side of Boys. Dale Earnhardt down low, trying to make a move to get Boys kicked back a little further. Earnhardt and Boys side by side down the back straightaway. Earnhardt will move around the Boys automobile and take Neil Bonnet with him. Earnhardt goes to the low side. He'll bring Bonnet along with him up into that fourth place position. Scramble back there for fifth as Labonte runs in fifth. Phil Parsons is sixth. Elliott seventh. Terry Labonte trying to scramble right there along with a host of others in that pack chasing down Bobby Allison who stretches the advantage. The good battle for second on back. Harry Gant holding off Dale Earnhardt. The True Value Hard Charger Award. Darrell Waltrip currently the leader in that category ahead of Lake Speed and Rusty Wallace though Lake Speed continues to limp his ultimate 
Batmobile around the racetrack. The battle for second is off turn two. Here they come. Dale Earnhardt down to the inside of Harry Gant, and Earnhardt's going to get the edge on the back straightaway. Earnhardt went by Gant that time without a whole lot of problem, but Bobby Allison is wearing out the field. About a 15-car length advantage. Sitting fourth is Bonnet. Fifth is Labonte. Labonte going side-by-side now for that fifth-place position as uh, he has Phil Parsons and Bill Elliott right behind him. Bobby Allison, your leader, as Dale Earnhardt runs second. Bobby Allison continues to drive away from everyone in the Daytona 500. Lake Speed is out of turn number four on the apron of the track, and he may make pit road. He may not. He is way out of traffic, no problem at all with the car, but he is very slowly trying to make his way to pit road. 68 laps are complete here at Daytona. Marty, we checked in with Lake Speed's crew chief, Darrell Bryan, a minute ago, and Darrell said Lake told him that the car just coughed and quit, and so the engine is gone. They're headed to the garage area. I'm standing in the Bobby Allison pits with Jimmy Finnick, and they're watching their driver run up front. And, Jimmy, are you concerned a little bit about the fast pace Bobby's setting early on? No, he's pretty comfortable right now, but he's just running his own speed. Well, if he's comfortable, everyone else is going to be in trouble because Bobby Allison's showing him where it is. He's going to be the only one that's comfortable. Everybody else has to be uncomfortable the way he's beginning to pull away from the field. Kyle Petty, his car has been far off the pace for about the last 15 or 20 laps. Dick Brooks can give us a story. Well, I just sounded like when he went by here, it starts missing. It'll go a little while, and then it'll miss a little while, so he's got some kind of an engine problem. Kyle thought he was in good shape going into the race today. We talked with him yesterday afternoon after the final practice, and he said, we have a Ford that's as quick as anyone here, and we can run with the leaders. But right now, he's lost a lot of ground. 69 laps go on the scoreboard. Bobby Allison continues to stretch the advantage on everyone else. Unbelievable that how just how quick that car has been all week as he works to turn three. Good battle, though, for second. It is Earnhardt Bonnet and hook it up in the battle. Harry Gant, they've been going back and forth at it all down the back shoot. It's Earnhardt in second right now. Earnhardt stays just ahead of Neil Bonnet. Bobby Allison running well out in front. Back in fourth spot is Harry Gant. Terry Labonte in fifth. Two and a half seconds. That's the advantage for Bobby Allison of Hueytown. Winning here yesterday in the Goodies 300. Winning his qualifying event last Thursday. It's been Bobby Allison's week from start to finish. Let's check in in the garage area. Lake Speed unbuckling from the number 83. Lake, what put you out so early? I'm not sure. I think the bottom came out of the motor, maybe. Out of it uh, with an engine problem on the Winsoles. I think the think the <laughs> the Wins Kmart Delco battery car was running just too fast. I reckon it, uh, I don't think the motor could hang it there with it. Lake Speed out of the. Daytona 500. We had talked earlier how well Lake Speed has run habitually on these big tracks, Daytona and Talladega, and he was all smiles earlier in the week. Hate to see that happen as it has. Meanwhile, it's Bobby Allison who is running a higher groove now through turns three and four than most anybody else, still stretching that advantage. It's pushing three full seconds now over that second place battle. Dale Earnhardt holding down the second spot as Bobby puts a lap on Steve Moore. Earnhardt is second. Neil Bonnet third. Harry Gant fourth. The good battle now fifth spot as Terry Labonte works to the inside of Phil Parsons. Parsons running well. They're in one. Parsons up on the high side of the racetrack. He has the advantage right now, not only from the fact that he's a little bit ahead, but also he's got a drafting partner, right? Right behind him is Jeff Bodine as they come off the banking of two. Parsons and Labonte have been going at it the last several laps, and now Parsons has the advantage definitely for fifth position. Harry Gant continuing to smoke along. He is now in fourth spot trying to gather up Neil Bonnet. Up in a turn number three, that battle for second place really heating up now as this time Earnhardt goes high up onto 31-degree banking. Neil Bonnet is right there. Harry Gant in fourth, and then back in fifth is Rusty Wallace. 
We are at Daytona International Speedway for the 1988 running of the Daytona 500 Motor Racing Network's live coverage. Michael Waltrip on and off pit road. 27 cars remain on the lead lap. Everybody is chasing Bobby Allison, who had peeled away to a nearly three-second advantage. But now, Barney, Earnhardt, Neil Bonnet, and Harry Gant have hooked together. It's a 1.75-second advantage. They're eating in just a bit to Allison's advantage. That's the only way you're going to catch Allison the way he's running this afternoon, or anybody else for that matter, is to put a two, three, or four car draft to kind of chase him down and stay in line, close up, make the air clean, and they're running him down. Let's take you back in the field a little ways. At lap, we're at lap 75 right now, but at lap 71, the rundown we had from NASCAR had Allison the leader, Earnhardt second, Neil Bonnet third, Harry Gant fourth, Terry Labonte fifth, Phil Parsons was sixth. Rusty Wallace was running along in seventh spot. Good run for Mike Waltrip. He currently was in eighth position at that time. He has made a pit stop since then. It will drop him back a little bit. That will move up to eighth now. Jeff Bodine in ninth would be Bill Elliott. Tenth looks like Darrell Waltrip, and Waltrip is a car that is on the move. The 11th place car at the 71 lap mark would have been Sterling Marlin. Then Alan Kulwicki, Buddy Baker, and Kenny Schrader would have rounded out the top 15. But things are getting a little touchy back there from about fourth spot on back as they work into the back straightaway. Right behind Darrell Waltrip, it is Jeff Bodine who slips to the high side of the racetrack. Mike Waltrip has fallen in back behind Bodine again, and it's several car lengths back to another good battle between Phil Parsons and Terry Labonte. Bobby Allison a long ways away, but in second spot, it's Earnhardt and Neil Bonnet. They're going at it very closely. Harry Gant is fourth. Rusty Wallace is fifth. Bonnet right there with Earnhardt as they battle for second. And here's Waltrip underneath the Rusty Wallace. He'll move up into the fifth place spot. Bodine trying to go along with him up into sixth. Darrell Waltrip got back in line in a hurry as he is charging towards the point. Jeff Bodine will have to squeeze around the slower car here in the trioval area. Worked his way between Ralph Jones and Rusty Wallace trying to get back in a position ahead of Rusty. They're back in one. Meanwhile, Bobby Allison takes that real high line working the clean air through turns one and two. Rest of the cars working a little bit lower on the racetrack. It's Dale Earnhardt in second. Now Neil Bonnet looking to the inside of them from third. A couple of lap cars in front. Dale Earnhardt swings it low, trying to break the draft on Neil Bonnet. Now Earnhardt goes back up high. He's opened up a car length over Bonnet for second spot. Fourth to Gant. Fifth is Waltrip. Then Rusty Wallace is sixth. Waltrip is right there as he goes high this time, up to 31 degree banking to get around the two lapped cars, but he is closing on the fourth place car of Harry Gant. Waltrip, one of the quickest cars in the field. He's been all smiles all week long, and anybody that would listen, he's been saying, I'm ready to go racing in 1988. This is going to be my year. I've gotten myself in shape. We talked with him about that. I feel really good. I've been working out. You know, I told somebody the other day, Barney, and, and, and I know this is a fact. I used to be able to race a car and drive a car to my fullest capabilities and never had to really work at it. It just It's my natural instincts, my natural abilities. I stayed pretty good shape, and mentally and physically and everything, I felt good. But this year, I started right before Christmas of working out again and running and really trying to get myself physically prepared for what I think will be my best year and what I think will be my toughest year. You know, i got to hush up a lot of critics. I had to take a lot of crap this last year about having a bad year and all that kind of thing. But uh, let me tell you something. If they think last year was a bad year, wait till I get done with this year because it's going to be a great year. Well, he's living up to exactly what he said so far here at Daytona all week long. He and Bobby Allison have had two of the quickest cars, and he is working on them. Waltrip is here to race. There's no question about that. They're in turn two. Waltrip's in the fifth position and now looking to make a move on Harry Gant, who's running fourth. Waltrip goes just a little bit higher in the banking, but falls back into single file. Waltrip trying to measure up on Harry Gant. Gant takes it down low a little bit, then goes back to the wall. Waltrip looks inside. Can't do anything there. He'll stay in line. It's Bobby Allison, Earnhardt, Bonnet, Gant, and Waltrip. That's 
second group is closing on Bobby Allison as again Allison drifts real high up that 31 degree backing second third pinned to the bottom of the racetrack as they continue to reel in the leader Bobby Allison is continuing to lead the Daytona 500 but it's Darrell Waltrip who's on the move trying to take a piece of Neil Bonnet for third Earnhardt drops to the bottom of the racetrack Waltrip to the inside of Neil Bonnet he'll move up to third and they'll be almost side by side between Waltrip and Bonnet for third coming out of turn four good thing Darrell Waltrip has been working out to get himself in shape physically because he has been hustling that race car all afternoon lap after lap after lap he and Neil Bonnet are side by side working into the corner can Waltrip get around him they'll still stay door to door climbing the 31 degree banking of turn number one neither one giving an inch way up at the high side of the racetrack is Bobby Allison He's showing the way, and now closing in on him is Dale Earnhardt running in second. Earnhardt's been chipping away at Allison. He's just a couple of car lengths back. Great race for third. Waltrip to the inside, and Neil Bonnet. They're still nose-to-nose down the back chute. Going with Waltrip is Harry Gant. Waltrip grabs third, Gant for fourth. Waltrup takes over that third place position. Meanwhile, up front, here's Earnhardt to the bottom of the racetrack. Bobby Allison up high. They'll be side by side out of turn four. Side by side, then back to single file they go as Earnhardt has caught Bobby Allison. Now catching him and passing that Miller High Life Buick. Two totally different stories, as strong as Allison has been all week long. Darrell Waltrip manages to stay with the front two. The three lead cars breaking away from fourth and fifth. Bobby Allison leads them into turn number one, goes about midway on the banking while Dale Earnhardt sticks it way down at the bottom of the racetrack, and here comes Darrell Waltrip down low. They almost make it three wide, but fall back in single file. Waltrip tucking right up on the back deck of Earnhardt's automobile. He and Earnhardt saving ground down low while Allison rides up high. Now, though, they're one, two, and three nose to tail down the back chute. Three-car breakaway up front. Waltrip dives in on the inside of Earnhardt. They go side by side up in turn four. Allison to the high side. Here's Waltrip at the bottom of the racetrack. He'll move in a second. And as that happens, it's going to allow Bobby Allison to pull away and open up a lead again. That battle for second is still a hot one as they cross the start-finish line. Waltrip by a couple of feet over Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt comes charging back, and they'll go into the corner side by side. Dead even as he head for turn number one. Darrell Waltrip with his tide machine down low. Now the Goodrich Chevrolet shows a bit of an edge up on the high side of the banking. But Waltrip digs in hard at the bottom side of the racetrack. Waltrip will take second off turn two. Neither one giving an inch. Waltrip by perhaps a fender down the back straightaway. Earnhardt comes right back at him. Waltrip way down low inside the white line marking the apron. Earnhardt up high takes over second. Then it's Waltrip and Bonnet. Right there, Neil Bonnet closing in on the second and third place cars of Earnhardt and Waltrip as now is a four-car battle for second. Bobby Allison still your leader off turn four. But just in the span of that one lap, while second, third, and fourth spot were battling one another, Bobby Allison opens up a lead of nearly three-quarters of a second. Meanwhile, on pit road, Jerry Punch, we should be seeing the start of regular green flag stops. Indeed, Bobby Hillen just brought his Miller Buick down pit road for two tires in 16 and a half seconds. And Bobby Allison's crew, Jimmy Finnick and the crew, are getting their pit boards ready for Bobby Allison possibly next time. Bye. They'll be bringing Bobby Allison. Now they're out on pit road with the Miller side waiting for Bobby to make an appearance. We'll see just about everyone on pit road in the next few minutes because they'll go somewhere between 40 and 45 laps, and that's kind of stretching it. Possibly maybe a lap further than that, but if they don't really need to, I would expect, Jerry, they'll all be in here very shortly. Marty, as you mentioned earlier, the very important strategy for pitting is not how quickly you pit, but it's who you pit with. And I guess we're going to see Bobby Allison and Dale Earnhardt possibly come down pit road together just momentarily. The Goodrich pit board is out. The Miller pit board for Bobby Allison's out, and here comes... Here comes Allison and Earnhardt. Bobby Allison brings the Miller Buick to a halt, and Jimmy Finnick and the crew will go to the right side of the car. Jack beneath the right side of the car, cleaning the windshield. Here is Darryl, uh, Mike Walter down pit road, cleaning the grill there. They have the right side tires on. 
Dale Earnhardt's crew, meanwhile, further up pit road, has the right side tires already changed. They go around to the left side of the car. And it's still fueling the car. Earnhardt's car down and away. And Allison's car down and away. Earnhardt's pit stop 15.4. Allison 16 seconds flat. It's obvious that Earnhardt's team has not lost their touch for getting in and out of the pits in a hurry. We'll see more of the cars peeling off here from that lead draft in a moment. Here come some more pit stops. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, I was standing in Dale Earnhardt's pits as he came in. He was sitting very, very relaxed and very comfortable as, uh, as the car stopped. And, uh, and, they, and they beat Bobby Allison out. Now, this is one thing that's going to be very, very important today, is, uh, as it was mentioned earlier, is that you're going to have to try to pit and get back on the racetrack with somebody that you've been running with. The cars are going to have to stay up front. If you pit, make a bad stop, you're going to be history until the next uh, caution flag or until something else can happen. Unless you're unless you're uh, Daryl Waller, but you can run the field down. But Harry Gant's in, and they're putting right side tires on his car. As Rick Wilson comes in, they're checking his tires over. They're not going to change any tires. They're just gassing it and going out. Uh, Harry pulls out right in front of Phil Bartow. Phil Tar goes off in the grass, but they don't they don't uh, hit. They go on down pit road. Jeff Bodine and Bill Elliott pitting in front of Jerry Punch. Well, both right side tires on their cars. Good pit stop by Waddell Wilson and the crew for Jeff Bodine. About 14.9 seconds up there. Right side tires for Bodine. Likewise, good stop for the Coors Ford of uh, Bill Elliott. Here's Jimmy Beans bringing the Eureka vacuum cleaner car down pit road. The Kodak Oldsmobile leaves for Rick Wilson. Here's the Citco Ford, Kyle Petty. Leonard Wood runs to the right side of the car. Has the right side front tire coming off. Lynn, Eddie, and the rest of the guys working on the car. Changing right side tires for Kyle Petty. Good work there. Looks like it'll be a quick stop for them as well. On pit road as well now, Phil Parsons and Terry Labonte in front of Dick Brooks. Well, Phil Parsons took on left side tires and they washed the windshield on the car. Uh, they changed tires on it, fueled it up, and they're back down pit road back on their way. Let's go to the garage area and Gary Montgomery, who can give us an update on the cars that are out of the event. Well, Barney, six cars are in the garage area. They include Mark Martin, who went out with overheating problems. Cale Yarbrough, of course, went out in a documented crash when a tire went down. Greg Sachs, running seventh at the time, out with his Pontiac. The belt came off the oil pump and the engine seized up. Lake Speed blew an engine. We didn't talk about it earlier, but when he did blow the engine and slowed down a car into the back of him, uh, apparently that car was not too seriously damaged. Morgan Shepard out with engine problems. He was the first car out of the race, and Connie Sealer out after he cut a tire and crashed in turn four. We are back at Daytona International Speedway. This round of green flag pit stops winding their way down. Neil Bonnet, Rick Jeffrey, Dave Marcus now exiting the pit lane. The race leader indicated is Darrell Waltrip on lap number 93. We are seven laps shy of the halfway point. Jerry Punch, we have just been discussing amongst ourselves during the break that most recent pit stop and all the others so far today for Neil Bonnet. Well, Neil Bonnet has yet to put any tires on the car. It's unbelievable the Valvoline Pontiac running so well. They just came down a minute ago and pitted the car. We're with Butch Mock, and Butch, uh, you gentlemen haven't put any tires on the car at all. He's still on the tires he started the race on. Well, Neil said the car's handling exceptionally well, and we've been keeping up with the tire wear on the car, and the tires are wearing real good, and, and uh, he's the car's real balanced. And as long as it's going good, good lap speeds, and no tire wear, we're not going to change. Well, Bob Rahilly and Butch Mock went out and got on their hands and knees and looked at the tire. They put some gas in the car, and the other crews just standing here shaking their heads. They just cannot believe it that he's run 94 laps on the same set he started on. As the crew now beside him here, that's the Darrell Waltrip uh, tied crew waiting for Darrell to make his pit stop. Waltrip comes out of turn number four, shows no indication of coming onto pit road this time. However, Richard Petty does. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, the Richard Petty team, I think, is uh, they're just changing. They're just going to change right side tires, give him some fuel, and as he goes off, they're getting ready to bring Kenny Schrader's car in, and also Buddy Baker's crews out and to bring them in. 
Now, there's not really any reason to make a pit stop with another car if, by chance, you can't get any help from that car. The best thing to do is get all the fuel mileage you can get and hope at the end of the race that it helps you out that way. So they, uh, I think these two teams like to do that. Also, Ken Schrader and Buddy Baker on pit road for their stops. Alan Kulwicki bringing his Xerox Ford down the pit lane. Average speed, 162.716 miles an hour at this juncture of the event. Right now, Darrell Waltrip slowing out of turn number four. He's been running so very well all afternoon, picking off position by position, oftentimes by himself to get near the point. And Jerry Punch, the tied crew, is out there waiting for Darrell, who's approaching now. Let's put Daryl's green flag stop on the clocks. Here comes the Tide Chevrolet zooming right by us here. And now Daryl has come to a halt. We start the watches. Jeff Hammond has the jack beneath the right side of the car. Bill Wilburn has the right rear tire off. Eddie Dickerson already has the right front off. They replaced both right side tires. One can of fuel going in. Mike Powell hoists the second can up. Can of fuel already in the car. 12, 13, 14.82 seconds. Good pit stop for Daryl Walton. And Davey Allison is on pit road. Dick Brooks. Davey Allison comes in. He made a nice, smooth stop this time. He's overshot it twice. He went sliding by it one time. The other time, he just missed. And he's been sitting there for 15, 16, 17 seconds, and away he goes. Bobby Allison is now across the stripe, and now that everybody has made their green flag pit stops, we are right back to where we were moments ago. Bobby Allison reassumes the lead, and Joe Moore, he can't shake the guys right behind him either. The guy behind him is one who's been haunting him all day, Eli. That is Dale Earnhardt, and Earnhardt again is closing in as they come off the banking of turn number two by some four-car lengths. Rusty Wallace is third, and Wallace has been doing a good job to hang on with Earnhardt and try to reel in Bobby Allison, but Allison has stretched it out to about eight car lengths. Neil Bonnet sitting in fourth. The close battle up front for second place. Dale Earnhardt takes the GM Goodrich Chevrolet to the bottom of the racetrack. Rusty Wallace in third, a little higher up. Neil Bonnet right there in fourth. And Darrell Waltrip might find himself in a little bit of a predicament. The leader is not that far behind Waltrip, Bobby Allison. And Waltrip predicted earlier in the week that pit stops, how you got in and got back on the racetrack, as Dick Brooks talked about a moment ago, could be the key to winning or losing this race. It's about time. The Rolex 24 at Daytona is back. Time for a weekend you'll never forget. Allison takes the field back into one. Back up the banking it goes. Bobby Allison again taking that high line almost just inches off the retaining wall. It is Dale Earnhardt also taking the high line as the third and fourth place cars of Rusty Wallace and Neil Bonnet close in. Two, three, and four lapping by the automobile of Brad Teague as Bobby Allison continues to stretch it out. Rusty Wallace has hooked up with Earnhardt. They'll try to draft and reel in Allison. Nothing going so far. Bonnet is fourth. Good battle for that second, third, fourth place positions rolling up through turn number three as they stick very, very close together. Bobby Allison's had a strong car all day out of turn four. The leader is Daryl Waltrip. NASCAR scoring has just confirmed that Waltrip is indeed at the front of the pack, so Allison will have to chase him down instead of vice versa as Waltrip has a healthy lead going back into turn two. The Tide Machine going through turn number one, now to turn two. He takes that low line as he brings along the slower car of Dave Marcus. It's a long ways back to Bobby Allison who runs in the second spot, and Allison has company there with Dale Earnhardt in third. Dale Earnhardt's broken free of Rusty Wallace's draft, and now he's starting to gain some ground down the back straightaway. They're all, though, about a quarter of a mile behind Darrell Waltrip, who's the leader. Second place battle off the end, and in a turn three, Bobby Allison holding that third place, uh, second place position. Earnhardt in third, a little lower down on the racetrack. Then Neil Bonnet in fourth, Rusty Wallace fifth. It is four seconds now from Darrell Waltrip, who is just ahead of Dave Marcus and a couple of other slower lapped cars. Back to Bobby Allison. 
Dale Earnhardt, Neil Bonnet, and Rusty Wallace. We are 101 laps complete, one, half, one lap past the halfway point as the Winston Cup season for 1988 getting underway here with the Daytona 500. We are working at this point with Darrell Waltrip, Bobby Allison, Dale Earnhardt, Neil Bonnet, and Rusty Wallace battling as they work down the back straightaway up into turn number three. And Barney, so far this event finally is living up to some of what the drivers expected to see going into Thursday's race. You're having to settle in and find a drafting partner and chase down someone else unless you're Darrell Waltrip. Just about everybody said you'd have to have more patience running this Daytona 500 than it had in a lot of years, and that has proven to be true. We have just passed the halfway mark a couple of laps ago. We're at lap 102, and 100 laps made up the halfway point. 200 will make the race this afternoon in the Daytona 500. Waltrip is the leader. Bobby Allison hangs on to second. Dale Earnhardt, a tight third in there right now. Neil Bonnet, after that broken leg in October last year, hoping to come back and win in the first outing here. He is fourth. Rusty Wallace currently is being posted in fifth position, and then Jeff Bodine will round out the front runners. And they have announced 140,000 fans, the estimated attendance here at the World Center of Racing this afternoon. Watching a pretty good one right now as Darrell Waltrip has himself a pad on a pack of four cars working their way down the back straightaway up into turn number three, chasing him at this point. And we say the field has stabilized. Bobby Allison at this point, though, Barney, pulling away a bit more from Dale Earnhardt and the rest, and it's going to be interesting to see whether Bobby decides to this point to chase down Waltrip by his lonesome instead of taking the benefit of those other three fellows behind him in a tight draft. Well, he can't afford to lag back too far if he can run faster by himself out there. Obviously, he's going to go after Waltrip. And Dick Brooks, you've driven Daytona a lot of years. I think the first time you were here was in 1969. You probably have about as many miles on this thing in the last 10 or 12 years as any driver out there. When you get a car that's hooked up like Daryl or a car that's hooked up like Bobby Allison, it's hard to decide. You're not going to lay back. I guess you're just going to put her down there because the car is comfortable and hang it out every lap all day long. If it doesn't break, obviously you got a good trouble. trouble. Turn number four. Richard Petty's car goes airborne, end over end. There's two or three other cars into it. Petty has hit the wall very hard. He gets hit again as the car came to rest at the entrance to pit road. Petty's car is really smashed front and rear as he went into the outside retaining wall. We'll get a number on the other car when the smoke clears of the machine that did slam into Richard Petty. Other cars involved included Alan Kulwicki. He went through the uh, debris and evidently cut a tire down and ended up going towards the wall. Also involved there, uh, Rusty Wallace now going through the debris. Eddie Beerswall's car is one of those that was involved as Richard Petty's car took a savage flight coming off turn number four and just found himself right in the midst of race traffic and as he bounced off the wall he got tagged a couple of times. Brad Teague across uh, the grassy area. Phil Barkdahl is also involved in the Helen Ray special safety vehicles on the scene to tend to Richard Petty. Again, Alan Kulwicki's car went through the debris, cut a tire down, and caught the wall careening back through the grassy area where the safety crew is tending to him. Richard Petty is come to rest out in the middle of the racetrack, and about four race cars, badly torn up, are sitting on pit road. Parts, pieces of the car strewn all over the infield part down on the apron of the track that's paved coming onto pit road here. It is a hard crash for Richard Petty. The car went airborne, spun around a couple of times right in the middle of the speedway, then went out and slammed into that outside wall, skidded down the racetrack perhaps four to 500 feet, came to rest, and was hit again just as the car slid into the area coming into pit road. 
Here comes the rest of the field on the pit road. Obviously, we are certainly under caution here at lap 106. It looks like Alan Kulwicki is out of his car, walking back across the pit road. Let's go down to the pits and Dick Brooks. Marty, I got well, Alan Kulwicki. This is we're Jerry trying Punch Trying to work here. our way down in that direction. I'll be there in a minute. Marty, Jerry Punch. We've got Alan Kulwicki here. Alan, first of all, are you okay? Yeah, I'm all right. What happened out there, Alan? There was an accident in the tri-oval, you know. I saw all the smoke and the debris. We were slowing down. Darrell slowed down. I slowed down. And I, I had a clear path through there, I think. And I ran over something and it blew the right front tire out. And the car just went into the wall. Well, Alan Kowicki, Xerox uh, Ford, pretty well used up. He's sitting on the wall. He appears to be okay. And a lot of drivers coming in to make their routine pit stops under caution. Eddie Beerswall's car came to a stop after he tagged Richard Petty, who had bounced off the wall. Beerswall climbing from his car, so Eddie is evidently okay. Richard Petty's car was going uh, through the corner and got loose as uh, he was running in a tight pack of traffic. And at that point, with a couple of cars around him, Richard Petty began spinning, and the sheet metal was uh, flying off in different directions. Bobby Allison just got by. Brett Bodine tagging the Eddie Beerswall car and uh, Richard Petty again the recipient of part of that contact it was one of those situations Barney where there was no place for anybody else to go once Richard's car got up in the air and began tumbling Petty's car still resting the safety crews are there attending to Richard Petty and obviously as soon as we get any word on his condition we will pass it along to you again the cars involved Richard Petty getting airborne for a second, flipping down the middle of the racetrack. Alan Kulwicki involved in it. Eddie Beerswall is a car that slammed into Petty. But, of course, it was not Beerswall's fault at all. There was just no place to go as Richard bounced off the wall and right in front of the young driver. Phil Barkdahl also involved in that crash, and that is the situation here at Daytona right now as we are under 107 laps complete and under the caution for the moment. Let's go back to Jerry Punch. Well, Barney, the driver's out here just trying to get uh, the crews, trying to get the cars in and pitted. We see Benny Parsons' bullseye barbecue Ford coming by, and it uh, has some damage to the front end of the car. Most of the leaders were able to wind their way through or snake their way through that uh, that uh, debris up at the far end of pit road, and uh, some of the cars pitting further up pit road toward that accident is our colleague Dick Brooks. Dick? Well, I'm down here pretty close to where it is. I'm standing behind the wall. I hate to hate to jump over there. They're motioning for me not to go, so... I can't really see exactly what's going on. Most of the drivers are out. Phil Bartol's out and, and walked away. In fact, he walked over to a couple of the cars and looked in them and went away, so he's okay. Most of the drivers are out of the cars. They've just got Richard out and have put him in the ambulance. They're now loading him in the ambulance and uh, on a stretcher, and they're taking him toward the infield hospital. Richard has had some of his worst crashes here at Daytona. He took a hard lick over in turn two a couple of years ago. He gets his hardest one that I have ever seen in a long, long time as he came out of turn number four and smacked into the outside retaining wall. And again, as we said, as soon as we get a word on Richard's condition, we'll pass it along to you. The drivers that will be out of this event because of this accident, Eddie Beerswall, Phil Barkdahl, Alan Kulwicki, and Richard Petty. Other cars that went out a little earlier this afternoon, if you just joined our broadcast, are Lake Speed, Cale Yarborough, Connie Saylor, Greg Sachs, Mark Martin, and Morgan Shepard. Barney, there's also Brett Bodine is sitting uh, just to the entrance of Pit Row. And, uh, and the Motocraft Ford, Crisco Ford, is, uh, is smashed bad in the front. Uh, he got out of the car and, uh, and got into an ambulance or got into a truck, and they've taken him to the infield hospital already. 
Brett Bodine, and first ride for Bud Moore in that Crisco Motorcraft Ford, and he comes up short here this afternoon. They'd had problems all week long, and we're just hoping to get out of Daytona with the car in one piece and maybe have a good finish here this afternoon and then kind of look forward to the rest of the season. But Brett Bodine, his car really smashed in. He will go to the garage area also. As they came off turn number four, it was Richard Petty in a tight draft with Phil Barkdahl, and then it was Barkdahl's car and Richard's that began spinning in different directions. As a matter of fact, Barkdahl through the incident, staring at Richard Petty as Phil's car had angled looking towards the grandstand. Others quickly made evasive maneuvers towards the inside. A few of the other teams that were involved, uh, Eddie Beerswall, Bodine, Alan Kulwicki in particular, found themselves close in behind the action and going across some of the debris, which cut down their tires and rendered them unable to steer their automobiles. And that is how those trailing cars basically got involved in the accident. MRN's live coverage of the Daytona 500. If you are just tuning in, we are working what is now the fourth caution flag of the afternoon. Came out a couple of laps ago in an accident which involved Richard Petty, Phil Barkdahl, Alan Kowicki, Eddie Beerswall, and Brett Bodine. They have now hooked up the Kowicki machine to the wrecker, and they are taking it towards the garage area from off the grassy trioval area here on the front straightaway. Let's check in with Gary Montgomery in the garage area. Gary? Well, I'd like to give you a report on exactly the condition of Richard Petty, but I cannot. Uh, the only indication that is, fa- well, there's the indication is favorable, and Dale Inman turned around and looking towards the obviously concerned group here, gave us an okay sign, but I'm not sure what that meant. Richard uh, was on the stretcher when it took him into the infield medical care center. Also involved in the accident was A.J. Foyt. He's out of his car and has stormed off in some direction or other. Eddie Beerswall here in the hospital area, they brought him in in the ambulance, but he did uh, only walked in the door and turned around and came back and walked out to talk to his wife, so uh, no report yet from uh, Richard Petty's situation. Worst accident of the day happens just past the halfway point in the Daytona 500. We're 109 laps into the race right now. Back with you at Daytona International Speedway. MRN's live coverage of the Daytona 500. Many teams now electing to make their pit stops under this caution. The fourth of the afternoon involving Richard Petty and a handful of other drivers. Richard's car taking some barrel rolls, looking rather spectacular as it went. Let's go back towards the infield care center where Gary Montgomery is positioned. Any further word, Gary? Yes, I'm with a member of the STP racing team. I'm George Caldwell. I'm the truck driver and a gas man for Richard Petty. And you were on the track talking to Richard, you told us earlier? We would talk to Richard after the accident. He talked to us, and they just took him to the hospital to check him over. He's conscious. Your assessment is then that he's okay? That's what Dale Inman told us. He was fine. That's great news. Thank you very much, George. Boy, hey. that is good news, isn't it? Jen uh, George Caldwell, as he documented, is a member of the crew, the truck driver for uh, Richard Petty's team. As he just reports, uh, they have talked to Richard, and uh, he said he's conscious. So uh, from that standpoint, the news is very, very good. But we are still working what is going to be a rather lengthy caution. They have yet to remove the Wayne's paging machine. That's Eddie Beerswall's car. It is being hooked up to the wrecker on the trioval grassy portion of the racetrack. And as you can well imagine, a good bit of debris, some fluid on the racetrack as there really wasn't a whole lot left to the front of Richard Petty's car, Barney, but uh, from the firewall on back, uh, well, obviously it did its job. Obviously it did. That roll cage and the safety measures that NASCAR requires again. The latest word we get is that Richard Petty is conscious and apparently is going to be shaken up, no question about that, but for everything we get from the field ho- infield hospital, he is okay. We are now on lap 112. This in the aftermath of the accident involving Richard Petty, Phil Barkdahl, Alan Kulwicki, Eddie Beerswall, Brett Bodine, and one other driver who was running well at the time, and that's A.J. Foyt. He's in the garage area with Gary Montgomery. 
AJ, first of all, tell all your fans back in Texas and around the world that you're okay because that's obviously the condition you're in. Well, I'm fine. You know, it's just that's racing. It's just one of the misfortune things that happened. It just looked like we had the car hooked up real good, and the car was really flying on the bottom racetrack. And when I come up on the group, it was just another car. It looked like it jerked the back end out from Richard, you know, got out from under him, and I was just at the wrong spot at the wrong time. You've been there before, but you've been on the other end of it as well. That's exactly right. You know, last year was a 125-miler, and I got damaged, and I just hope Richard, I think he's okay, and just glad for that that nobody was hurt serious. Well, we're uh, happy for that also. Sorry to see you out of it so early. Well, like I say, I hate to be out that early, but you can always rebuild them race cars. A.J. Foyt out of the 500. They're still working up in the area where the crash occurred just a moment ago. So as we said, it will be a fairly lengthy caution flag here before we'll be able to go back to green. Let's go back to the garage area. Gary Montgomery with some of the other drivers who were involved with this incident. Well, Eli, uh, Phil Barkdahl just walked by us, and he was in a hurry to get back to uh, look over his car. Uh, Eddie Beerswall has now emerged from the hospital area, and he's uh, surrounded by the TV people right now. So both those drivers are okay. Uh, Brett Bodine is still in the hospital, but we understand that he's okay as well. So we'll give you an update as soon as we have one. So we'll get an update from the garage area further as soon as we return. We are still working caution. Lap number 113 of 200 that make up the Daytona 500 from the Daytona International Speedway. We, of course, have much more coverage. Let's go back downstairs. Well, the Kodiak Pontiac, Eli, still on pit road. We might mention to some of the fans that uh, a number of the cars that you mentioned that Barney Hall mentioned were in the accident. Uh, were, there was a lot of other cars that were indirectly involved, one of those, of course, being Rusty Wallace, and they have brought him down pit road down the last four laps in a row to try to repair the right rear of the well, car. I've the Kodiak Pontiac has been peeled away in the right side, and they are trying to beat some of the sheet metal away. Other cars involved, Bobby Hillen Jr. Now, Ron Perrier waiting for that car to come back down pit road as Hillen's car has the left front grill away from it, and the Tide Chevrolet. Darrell Walter, one of the early leaders, uh, was brought down pit road. Uh, Jeff Hammond and the crew jacked the car up. Darrell said he thought he felt something dragging or, sh- or pushing on the car. They jacked it up, and it was a piece of grill stuck underneath the Tide Chevrolet between the headers. They peeled that piece of grill away, and Darrell Walter's car otherwise seems to be A-OK. So a number of cars innocently involved after that melee up in turn four. If you just joined our broadcast, we have been under caution here now for about 10 minutes when a crash coming out of turn number four that involved Richard Petty, Phil Barkdahl, Alan Kulwicki, also Eddie Beerswall, and Brett Bodine has kind of stopped everything for the moment. Petty's car going airborne, twisting around, flipping a couple of times, coming to rest, bouncing out in the racetrack, and then getting hit by Brett Bodine. The latest word we had from the infield care center, apparently Richard is all right. Obviously, he's going to be shaken up, and any further indication we get onto Petty's condition, we'll certainly pass it along to you here as quickly as we can. Still, a great deal of time to go, looks like, before we'll go back to green. Let's go down to the garage area. I've got Phil Barkdahl, who was the first man on the scene of the Richard Petty crash. And Phil, first of all, you're okay? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, sorry about the deal that happened. I tagged Richard in the back. He is back and started going around, and, and I was on the back of him, and I tagged him in the back. And I think I was, you know, started the, the chain reaction what happened. I'm not sure that's how it happened, but that's the way I remember seeing it. Even at 190, now we say even, it slowed you down a few miles an hour, but at 190, 180, whatever it is, it all happens awfully fast. Yeah, it goes by, you know, you don't have a lot of time. You know, you travel uh, quite a few feet per second, and, and I was right behind him, and his car just started turning, and by the time I let up on it, so I don't know if somebody pushed me or whatever, but I tagged him right in the back, and if he would have straightened out, I, my car hitting his car would not let him straighten out. I mean, I got him started around backwards. Well, Arizona driver Phil Barkdahl out of the Daytona 500. Boy, it was the worst crash we have seen at Daytona in a long, long time. Still going to be a while before they'll be able to go back to green. 
There have been an awful lot of cars ducking in and off pit road that ran through that accident up there that might have cut down tires or had some metal get embedded up in the cars that Jerry Punch and Dick Brooks have talked about. And we'll take one more break, and then we'll... Not to cut you off, but we have just gotten word uh, through Larry Bolesky here at the track that they've taken Richard Petty to Halifax Memorial Hospital, which is basically a good fastball's throw from this racetrack, so he might well already be there. It's just down the block, and we will, of course, have an update uh, from Halifax as quickly as we can. Uh, this is Dick Brooks. I'm down in, in the garage, and, and I just caught up with Dale Inman, the crew chief and, and cousin and longtime buddy of Richard. What's happening? Well, they took Rich to the hospital now, and they're going to admit him, and they seem to think he might have to spend the night. But uh, he hurt his ankle pretty bad, his left ankle, I guess, and uh, said it might be cracked, or, but no compound fractures or nothing like that. And uh, they had a neck brace on him, but I don't think there's nothing wrong with his neck other than I'm sure he'd be real sore. But uh, he raised up out of the neck brace and all that stuff, and uh, no hurtings in his chest or nothing like that. And... Uh, he he wanted to know where he got stopped at. He knew he took a wild ride, and he wanted to know what part of the racetrack he stopped on. And then I told him that. So uh, I'm sure he's going to be real sore for a day or two. But he seemed he is conscious, never. He's conscious and alert, and he knew he knew who was behind him, and uh, he knew he was flipping and and the whole ball of wax, as far as that concerned. But he, his his ankle was sore. Okay, well. We'll be following it pretty close, and I, uh, I'm sure he's okay. He just, uh, we're getting a lot of reports of that. I'll tell you, Barney, I flipped one 16 times one time at Talladega, and I know what it feels like. I was conscious all the way through it. And uh, the first thing you want to know is where you stop. Well, it was a spectacular crash for Richard Petty. Hopefully the injuries that he suffered will be minor, and we'll update you throughout the afternoon. Well, we're about set to get out at Harold Kinder with the indication of one to go as the field comes back to the stripe here at Daytona International Speedway. Average speed just prior to the caution was 155.507 miles an hour. Average speed at this moment is a shade under 135 miles an hour, losing 20 miles an hour on the average due to this lengthy caution. Let's take you all the way back and let you know how your favorite driver is running at this point. Ken Schrader is currently showing... uh, at the point. Of course, they have shuffled things up now that he has just pitted, so this is just prior to moments ago. Phil Parsons was at that point in the second spot, running in the third position just moments ago before a pit stop was Bobby Allison. Dale Earnhardt and Harry Gant rounded out the top five. Neil Bonnet, who was at this moment in third, was showing at sixth at this most recent rundown. Jeff Bodine, Bill Elliott, Davey Allison, and Dale Jarrett. That was the top ten. In the eleventh spot was Terry Labonte. Darrell Waltrip was twelfth. 13th, Buddy Baker. 14th, Bobby Hillen. 15th is Ricky Rudd. 16th is Rick Wilson. 17th, Sterling Marlin. And Rusty Wallace, the whole crew there, keeping him on the lead lap at the 18th position. One lap down in 19th is Brad Teague. Two laps, excuse me, also one lap down in 20th spot, Trevor Boys. 21st, Kyle Petty. 22nd, Benny Parsons. Two laps down in 23rd, Dave Marcus. Also two laps down in 24th, Michael Waltrip. Three laps down in 25th is Derek Cope. Four laps down in 26th spot is Steve Moore. Five laps down in 27th is Ed Pym. Eight laps down, we've got Jimmy Means, Ralph Jones. 14 laps down, Eddie Beerswall, who has just returned. And Rick Jeffrey, after a lengthy stay in the garage area early, is running 31st right now, some 21 laps in arrears. The Pontiac pace car is about to get on the pit road, and we'll go back to racing here after a very lengthy caution flag. Lap 126 is on the board. 
200 will make up the Daytona 500 this afternoon. Phil Parsons is your leader. Harry Gant sits right behind him. Then Neil Bonnet, Jeff Bodine, and Bill Elliott, along with Ricky Rudd, Sterling Marlin, Bobby Allison, and Dale Earnhardt. No shortage of competition at the front of the field, that's for sure. They're down to the dogleg part of the Daytona International Speedway. Harold Kinder waves the green, and you can bet they're all ready to go racing. Coming up through that gearbox in a hurry is Phil Parsons. He gets a good jump on this restart and will pull away by some eight or ten car lengths on Harry Gant and the rest of the field as they hit turn one. Phil Parsons leads him up the banking of turn number one. Harry Gant having a little bit of trouble with some of the lapped cars, and he's trying to work around those machines now. In third spot is Neil Bonnet. Fourth is Jeff Bodine. Fifth is Bill Elliott. Sixth now is Ricky Rudd as they hit the back straightaway. A lot of shuffling going on. It is Phil Parsons at the head of the class. Harry Gant behind a lap car in second spot. A couple of cars looking inside. Parsons shifts inside. Trevor Boyce goes by him to get back on the lead lap. Neil Bonnet is third, but I is fourth. To the bottom of the racetrack, Phil Parsons will get shuffled back another couple of positions, but right down at the bottom of the racetrack, it's Bobby Allison moving underneath of several cars. So Bobby Allison picking right back up where he left off prior to that caution flag. He looks to make it three wide. He does to the trioval. Tucks to the inside of both Jeff Bodine and Phil Parsons. Bobby Allison on the move while they mix it up near the point for the lead. Meanwhile, in front of the pack, it is Harry Gant showing the way, and Neil Bonnet now is hooked onto Gant's rear deck. They're trying to try to form a draft on the top side of the racetrack. Around the Trevor Boys car goes Neil Bonnet, and here is Bobby Allison making it three wide on the back straightaway. Allison says, I'm going by myself. He's got Trevor Boyce in the middle. Boyce goes low. Allison swings by him. The freight train is up top. It's Harry Gant, Neil Bonnet, Jeff Bodine. Battle up front to the bottom of the racetrack. Neil Bonnet taking a Bodine with him. Bobby Allison is right there. We've got a new leader off turn four. Neil Bonnet, your leader. Bodine is second. Neil Bonnet has been so close to winning the Daytona 500, he could taste it. He sure wants it here this afternoon as he pulls ahead of the pack, taking Jeff Bodine right with him. Harry Gant has his hands full with Bobby Allison, who's trying to get underneath him and take over the number three position in turn one. That battle is for the third spot with Bobby Allison on the inside of Harry Gant. Bobby will now do away with Gant, pick up the third spot, and right behind him, a good battle. Dale Earnhardt is digging. He's at the bottom of the racetrack, getting around Bill Elliott. Earnhardt and Elliott door-to-door. That is a Trouble in turn two. Derek Cope comes spinning off the banking, loops the car about two times. Three other cars now make it to the scene of the area, and Cope quickly moves his car down to the inside apron of the track, and he is rolling back towards the grassy area. There is no caution yet shown, although Cope now comes back up on the racetrack, loops it again on the back straightaway and pulls towards the grass. That is going to bring out the caution. Here come the leaders back to the stripe. It'll be caution flag number five of the afternoon. Neil Bonnet will lead Jeff Bodine, Bobby Allison, Dale Earnhardt, and Harry Gant back across the stripe on lap number 120. Caution flag number five as Derek Cope spun the car and for a moment Joe Moore looked as though he was going to be able to save it but not quite. He had some real serious handling problems, Eli. Once he did get the car straightened out, even once he slowed it and dropped down to the bottom of the race track. He was still having trouble keeping it going in the straight direction. Finally, he did get it slowed down enough, and he's moving back down the apron towards the pit area. 30 cars took the green flag on this restart here a moment ago. 30 cars are still in competition in the Daytona 500. One of the most famous sponsors probably over the years when you look back to a few years ago is Purolator and some of the heyday of David Pearson's fine running, and Purolator back on the side of Derek Cope's car here for the Daytona 500. How'd that come about, Derek? Well, they decided that uh, they felt like it was the, the best marketing avenue for them again and they the company was bought out by facet and they've got some young very aggressive types in there now and uh, one gentleman carol warner the president uh from before and and he felt like it was a good avenue for them then and 
he was sorry they got out. And we just talked uh, earlier this uh, past winter, and uh, right in the end of November after Atlanta, they flew me to Tulsa, and we sat down, and I left there with a decision that day. And they told me to go out and find a team, and uh, we're going to go racing. And uh, the whole relationship so far has been uh, on a very positive note. They're very excited. And uh, I think we're, you know, we're looking forward to some consistency this year, and I think that uh, we're going to hope this thing grows into a long-term commitment. And Dick Brooks looks as though he just went right on by his pit stall there. Well, he did that. He just came down like he was going to go for a Sunday drive here, and he just drove right on by. He didn't even really wave too much. He was uh, he was working at the steering wheel some as he went by, so evidently there's no brakes on the car. They're, they're talking about that right now. Dick Brooks, you might want to jump out in front of Derek Cope's car and help slow it down there. Well, we were just talking to about three people standing here deciding which one was going to do it, and they, th- they all figured that as big as my belly was, it would tear the spoiler off, so they decided <laughs> we wouldn't do it. So, But he does have, uh, they say maybe the uh, panhard bar broke, and the panhard bar is the piece that, uh, a bar that holds the rear end in line with the frame across the back, and they think that may have broke what caused him to spin, and then he does he has lost his brakes, so they don't know what caused that. Getting ready to go back to green at Daytona. These drivers are ready to do some racing after riding around here for about the last 25 or so laps after that serious crash by Richard Petty a moment ago. Again, the latest report we had from Halifax Memorial Hospital. Richard is alert and conscious, and you heard his crew members talking earlier in the garage area that they think he is going to be all right. If we get any further word, we'll pass it along to you. 132 laps are on the board. They're getting ready to go back to green. As the Pontiac pace car gets ready to hit road, they're up hit pit road. They're up in turn four. Neil Bonnet in line. Bodine at is Bodine behind him in the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. Bobby Allison, Dale Earnhardt, and Harry Gant. That's how they'll start here. Single file with the slower cars down to the inside. Bobby Allison sitting right back there, and he'll go after Neil Bonnet in a hurry if he can dispense with Jeff Bodine. The tip today on that restart has been who can come up through that transmission and gearbox the quickest and break away from the field. They're under green as they head back into turn number one, and Neil Bonnet doesn't shake anybody. Jeff Bodine hangs on to him. Bobby Allison does. They're back in the west end of the racetrack. Neil Bonnet's got his hands full as they climb the 31-degree banking. A slower car down on the inside is not letting Bonnet get away, and that is not helping Jeff Bodine a bit. Bodine is tacked right to Bonnet's rear end. They're on the top side of the racetrack. In third is Bobby Allison, and fourth is Dale Earnhardt. Neil Bonnet, Jeff Bodine continuing to set the pace. couple of lap cars staying right with the lead pack as they arrow down the back straightaway. Neil Bonnet still at the head of the class. Bodine, Bobby Allison, and Dale Earnhardt. Neil Bonnet takes the freight train up at a turn three. That is Trevor Boyce who's battling to try to get back onto the lead lap. Right now he's running a lap down. Going along with him will be Kyle Petty. This time Jeff Bodine has to stay in line as the lead cars work around the Trevor Boys and Kyle Petty machine. Back to the stripe. Neil Bonnet, he leads the parade. And what a win this would be for Neil if he can hang on. But still a lot of racing yet to go as he battles back from an injury in late October of last year. They're back in one. It's still double wide among the front two rows. Neil Bonnet on the high side of the banking is showing the way. Still Jeff Bodine holds on to the second spot. And still the two lapped cars, Trevor Boys and Kyle Petty, hold in their tough on the low side of the racetrack. Boys and Petty trying to gain a lap back as Neil Bonnet continues to set the pace. Everyone else content to ride in his wake at the moment. Jeff Bodine watching things from second. Bobby Allison and Earnhardt third and fourth. Bonnet pulls up high on that 31 degree banking taking Bodine with him. Boyce got in behind a slower car. Bobby Allison up the third. Dale Earnhardt is in fourth. Single file. They come out of turn number four and work back to the start finish line. There's an inside line of cars linked up in a draft trying to stay with the front running pack but they're dropping back a little bit. And, of course, as they work back into turn number one, Trevor Boys is losing ground. So is Kyle Petty. 
Front four cars are all together in single file as they go back to turn number one. It is Neil Bonnet showing the way. Right behind him is Jeff Bodine. Closing in even more so in third is the Bobby Allison car. In fourth is Dale Earnhardt. Bill Elliott sitting back in seventh spot, and Elliott has been slowly, slowly, slowly working his way toward the front. Now a move toward the front by Bobby Allison as they get toward three. Allison has picked up second place. Nice move by Bobby Allison going underneath. He'll take Dale Earnhardt along with him. Allison drifts up high on the banking. Earnhardt moves underneath of Allison in a second. So Dale Earnhardt staying glued to the low side of the racetrack. Further back, three wide off turn number four. Darrell Waltrip picking his way back to the point. As Rick Benjamin mentioned, Bill Elliott is on the move, but the battle for second now behind Neil Bonnet. Dale Earnhardt just does nudge out Bobby Allison by a half car length of the stripe. They're back to turn one. Allison battles back on the high side of the racetrack and retakes that second spot. Now Dale Earnhardt skitters up the racetrack just a bit. Right behind him is Jeff Bodine. They're chasing Neil Bonnet off turn two and down the back straightaway. Bonnet continuing to hold sway. Earnhardt takes a look inside. Hasn't got anything there, so he'll stay third behind Bobby Allison, who is second. Bodine is fourth. Harry Gant hanging up in fifth. Earnhardt closing on the front two in turn three. Bonnet still leads it. Bobby Allison again drifting up. Earnhardt to the inside. Bodine runs in fourth. Harry Gant back in that fifth place position. Bobby Allison gets the lead as they hit turn one. Allison went down to the inside of Neil Bonnet, made a nice smooth pass, and now just behind him, Dale Earnhardt does the same thing, dropping Bonnet back to third. Things are starting to look as they did uh, many, many laps ago. Bobby Allison already starting to stretch the advantage over Dale Earnhardt. Three car lengths, fourth spot to Jeff Bodine, fifth is Gantt, sixth is Elliott. Bonnet making a move here on Earnhardt, but it is still Earnhardt holding on to that second-place position. He'll drop to the bottom of the racetrack again. Bobby Allison still leads. Earnhardt is second. Bonnet third. Bodine fourth. Then comes Harry Gamp, Bill Elliott, and Davey Allison at a single file all the way back until Darrell Waltrip, who tucks out of line, picking up a position as he and Kenny Schrader try to work to the inside of Phil Parsons at the stripe, but the front dozen single file back to one. Good battle last time through this end of the speedway for the sixth spot between the Fords of Bill Elliott, who is now in six, and Davey Allison, who is in the seventh position. Again, up in turn two, Davey looks down to the inside of Bill Elliott. Elliott up high, Allison, Davey is down low, and Davey Allison's by himself. He's going to try to hang on to the front pack. So far, he's got a lot of success working. He is alongside of Elliott as they battle for six. Side by side, the freight train in turn number three. Again, Bobby Allison drifts up high. Earnhardt moves to the bottom of the racetrack. Bonnet is right there in third. Bodine is fourth. Harry Gant fifth. And Darrell Waltrip continues to pick his way to the front. Although he's out there all by himself in that low line right now with no one to draft with for the moment, he has moved up to about 10th or 11th position. He's down underneath Rusty Wallace trying to work his way up to the front of the pack. He's still got a long ways to go. It's about time. The Rolex 24 at Daytona is back. Time for a weekend you'll never forget. At the Daytona International Speedway, live coverage of the Daytona 500 continuing with 60 laps remaining. Bobby Allison is the race leader. Dale Earnhardt is second. Third is Neil Bonnet. Now it's Bonnet and Earnhardt, a couple of hunting buddies who hook up together to the low side of the racetrack. They'll try and bypass Bobby Allison coming to the stripe. Let's see if the draft works. Earnhardt gets out there. All of a sudden, Neil Bonnet tucks back in and says, you're on your own. But then at the start-finish line, he changes his mind. He's going to help Earnhardt. No, he isn't going to help him. He's going for the lead himself as Neil Bonnet stacks them three deep down in turn one. Down on the bottom of the racetrack is Neil Bonnet. He and Earnhardt break away now from Bobby Allison, and it's side by side for the lead. Coming through the banking, it looks like the edge will be to Neil Bonnet. Coming off the corner, but Earnhardt is still there. Bonnet low, Earnhardt high. Now Earnhardt has Bobby Allison on his back bumper, and they hook up, and they are on the top side of the racetrack. 
nose to nose. Bonnet on the inside. Earnhardt on the outside. Allison is third. Bodine is fourth. Side by side in turn three. They're still door handle to door handle. Earnhardt up high. Bonnet down to the low side. Bobby Allison running third. Bodine is fourth. And here's Waltrip to the inside. He's in fifth place. Darrell Waltrip is pulling to the inside of Davey Allison's Ford Thunderbird. Now that battle is ongoing. So too the one for the lead. It would have been a photo finish had this been the last lap. Neil Bonnet still working inside of Dale Earnhardt. And here goes Darrell Waltrip three wide for the lead. Front four rows are double file as they go back into turn one and Darrell Walter breaks out of the pack down to the inside. Waltrip, your new leader coming off turn number two. Hitting the back straight away now. Waltrip has the Buddy Baker lap car behind him. In second is Dale Earnhardt. Waltrip just to the low side, motoring by everybody. He is starting to stretch it out already. Earnhardt riding behind him. Baker sitting in second spot, hooked up with Waltrip in a tight draft. The front running three cars put a little bit of ground on the fourth place car of Neil Bonnet. It's Waltrip, your leader. Buddy Baker right there in second. Dale Earnhardt is third. Bonnet is fourth. How strong is Darrell Waltrip to give you an indication when they put him under green here some laps ago? Waltrip had about 20 cars in front of him, and now he has passed everybody and taken the lead in the Daytona 500. They haul it back into one. Waltrip and Bobby Allison have been the cream of the crop all week long, but can they win it? They hit the banking in the west end of the track one more time. Front three try to break away, led by Darrell Waltrip. Buddy Baker sits in the second spot. Dale Earnhardt is third. Right behind him in fourth by a car length back is Neil Bonnet. Bobby Allison is fifth. Top five pulling away. You've got to like the ride turned in by Buddy Baker here. Baker quietly has stayed with the leaders, finds himself in second. He's about a car length behind Waltrip. Earnhardt looks low in three. The front five. Waltrip, Buddy Baker, Dale Earnhardt, Neil Bonnet, and Bobby Allison hooked up. Baker runs a little higher up the banking than Waltrip, but he's still your leader. Jerry Punch, you've been down there in the Tide Chevrolet pit area. They were kind of looking for this type of a deal to happen. They knew Darrell had the horses. Well, they kept, uh, they were a little bit concerned about the restart. Darrell was back in the back of the field. That's said, uh, they radio Darrell and told him that's where everything happens. You need to go ahead and push the button and get up front. But I don't think they were quite as sure he would be able to do it. And they're very impressed out here that he's moved the car up front. Where were Jeff Hammond? And uh, Jeff, uh, I know you told him to get, get out of the back of the field where all the cars were and get away from that traffic. But you've got to be pleased he went up front in a hurry. Jerry, I tell you, I, I just, I'm kind of speechless right now. I've never enjoyed myself so much at Daytona Beach, Florida, because Darrell Waltrip is driving like the Darrell Waltrip of old. And we've got us a team here that... They don't know any way but go to the front. We've got one motto this year. we got to win, and that's what we're, we're, we're trying to do that today. And if the good Lord's willing, maybe we will. And I'm just so proud of Daryl and all the guys right now. I just, I'm about to bust. When Daryl took the lead, you wouldn't have believed the sight down here on pit road. They were jumping up and down doing jumping jacks with high pit, and Daryl still has a lead by two car lengths. And, well, they should jump up and down. When you accomplish what Waltrip has here with the way the field has been running all day, you've kind of shown everybody else out there that you may well indeed be the man to beat. Waltrip takes them into turn number two. Eight cars all stacked up together as they come off turn number two, chasing Darrell Waltrip down the back straightaway. Good battle for eight. Terry Labonte going at it, hammer and tongs. Bill Elliott is back there, and Davey Allison, too. Allison right now has seventh. Labonte is eighth. Bill Elliott is ninth. Good racing. Waltrip by a couple of car lengths holds the front position in the lead draft. Buddy Baker in second. Dale Earnhardt third. Neil Bonnet is fourth. Bobby Allison fifth. Jeff Bodine is sixth. Earlier, Davey Allison passed Bill Elliott to the low side of the track. Most recently, he makes a pass to the high side of the racetrack. So Davey's car working awfully well. as leaders are back to the stripe. It is a tight five-car draft. Then a car length back to four more automobiles. Then a second lap, or a second back, I should say, to ten more cars. Neil Bonnet looks down to the inside from his four position on the racetrack but tucks back in line they're single file except for the battle for six Terry Labonte goes underneath Jeff Bodine Labonte all by himself no one to draft with him battling with Bodine down the back 
straightaway trying to wrestle sixth away from the former 500 winner. Can't do it. Labonte will be shuffled all the way to the back of that lead draft. Elliott will move ahead of Labonte as he is the last car in the front group of about eight. Waltrip, still your leader. Buddy Baker right there in second. And now Neil Bonnet moves underneath the Bernhardt. He'll move to third. I'm sure these fans are in shock this afternoon. They have seen a little bit of everything at Daytona, including some of the best racing here in a lot of years. Waltrip whistles by. Buddy Baker hangs on to him. Neil Bonnet hangs on to him. He was able to come to the front, but he has not been able to shake anyone. That's as far as it goes. They're back in one. Bobby Allison on the move down to the inside of Dale Earnhardt. The car breaks loose. He slides up to the high side of the racetrack, loses some three spots now as Davey Allison and Jeff Bodine go by. Davey Allison to the low side, gets by Dad and takes over fifth position. Your leader, Daryl Waltrip, sitting second. It's still Buddy Baker and Neil Bonnet. Dale Earnhardt about five car lengths back and forth. Front running three cars open up some room on the fourth place car of Dale Earnhardt. Waltrip, your leader. Here's Buddy Baker. He'll try it up a little higher in turn four. Neil Bonnet is third. Earnhardt fourth. Barney, you were just saying up here in the booth, there is no escaping experience. That's exactly what helped save that car for Bobby Allison up there in turn number two as the car tried to break loose. The lead car is working around some of the slower machines here in Daytona. Davey Allison is on the move, trying to pick himself back towards the point, chasing down Darrell Waltrip. Even on this very first race of the year, you wonder how important the Winston Cup point championship is. Alan Kowicki just now returning after a stay in the garage area. He was one of those involved in the accident in which uh, Richard Petty was uh, also part. That came on lap 106. We are now on lap 151, but Kowicki is coming back to run the final 49 laps. Had a report from Halifax Memorial Hospital to update you a little bit on Richard Petty's condition. Mr. Grant Nolan, who is the PR director out there, says they're running tests on the lower leg and ankle of Richard Petty. There is a redness and swelling. He's wide awake, laughing, joking with the nurses. That's good news. Yeah. They'll admit him overnight for some more tests tomorrow. We re- they report that he did black out as he was leaving the racetrack, but seems okay now. So Richard Petty, who is a, is a tough one. He's been through some of the most spectacular crashes over the years. He's took that ride before. He did it at Pocono. He did it at Darlington, South Carolina, and almost any track that you want to mention at one time or another, he's bounced off the walls, but he'll be back. He so. gets that Petty smile going. He's got the nurses all, uh, all handled right now. Well, actually, it said he was pinching the nurses, but we just kind of, you know, <laughs> I'm sure you let's... Hope he is going to be great. I'm sure 162 laps are on the board. Let's make that 152 as they come out of the corner. Buddy Baker along with Dale Earnhardt bouncing their way off one another through the trioval area. They're running side by side for second spot, chasing down Darrell Waltrip. Waltrip taking now an extra car length or two of an advantage as Earnhardt and Baker battle back to the corner. Good battle there on the inside of the racetrack. It's Dale Earnhardt underneath Buddy Baker, and they are saying side by side, coming back through turn two. Right behind him now is Bobby Allison. He sits in the fourth spot, and fifth is Davey Allison. Haven't heard much from Dale Earnhardt in a while, but he says maybe it's time to try to go to the front. Now they go three wide. Here's Bobby Allison. Four wide on the inside of the back chute. Bobby Allison grabs second spot going four wide. Courageous move by Bobby Allison as they had him stacked four wide. He'll move up to second. He'll bring Davey along with him in a third. Earnhardt runs fourth. Baker is fifth. These fans have been stunned all afternoon, and they continue to be lap after lap. You think you've seen everything, but it's still a long ways to go, and we have seen nothing yet, apparently, from the way they're going to finish the Daytona 500. Earnhardt drops back a little bit. He has a couple of cars putting some heat on him as he gets back into the number one turn. Darrell Waltrip showing the way, climbing the 31-degree banking of turn number one to two now. Bobby Allison breaks away. He's some three car lengths back. Third is Davey Allison, and a good side-by-side battle for the fifth spot. Buddy Baker and Neil Bonnet on the back straightaway. I'll tell you, you think you've got a lot of mileage left in a race. Bobby Allison says, I want the front back. Here he goes by Darrell Waltrip on the inside. Bobby Allison is your new leader. 
Waltrip and an Allison sandwich in turn three. Bobby Allison, your leader. Waltrip to the bottom of the racetrack. Here is third place driver Davey Allison up to the high side. He looks to the outside of Darrell Waltrip. Can't grab second spot away. Meanwhile, the front three have pulled off by some five car lanes from Dale Earnhardt, but Dale now trying to turn up the wick just a bit. He is pulled away by four car lanes from Neil Bonnet and Buddy Baker. But the front three, single file back to turn one. Bobby Allison leads. Bobby Allison showing the way in the Miller Buick. He goes high on the racetrack, and Darrell Waltrip will try to fill the spot. Going down to the low side, it's Davey Allison sitting right behind them watching, but it comes out the same. Bobby Allison leads. Darrell Waltrip, Davey Allison perhaps looking to go inside. And Bobby Allison, the leader. Everyone stays instead. Single file. Earnhardt is fourth. Door to door for fifth. Neil Bonnet on the inside. Buddy Baker on the outside. Looking very strong. Bobby Allison leads the front group of three cars. Waltrip right there in second. Davey Allison third. Dale Earnhardt is fourth. Buddy Baker fifth. Best battle on the racetrack right now will be back for fifth position. It has been for the last two or three laps around. Again, it's hard to decide whether to watch the battle for the lead or the one for fifth. Currently holding on to fifth, Buddy Baker takes it away from Neil Bonnet. Bill Elliott is right in that pack of traffic. Single file, they tuck in in turn one. Terry Labonte is also there as well as Jeff Bodine as they go single file. Next in line, the Sterling Marlin car. Ken Schrader is there and Rusty Wallace. And Schrader and Wallace go down to the bottom of the racetrack, forming their own draft, trying to pick up some ground. The things have quieted down a little. Still Bobby Allison, Daryl Waltrip, Davey Allison, then Dale Earnhardt in fourth. Long way back to fifth, but Buddy Baker holds down fifth spot right now, being challenged by Neil Bonnet, who is sixth. Bonnet working on Baker for that fifth place position. They're trying to bring that freight train of cars up on a Dale uh, Earnhardt for the fourth place position. Bobby Allison still your leader. Bobby Allison with a third place finish in the Bush Clash. A win in his qualifier on Thursday. A win here yesterday in the Goodies 300 and now leading the Daytona 500. Darrell Waltrip who's in second won his qualifying race here on Thursday. And Davey Allison who's in third started on the outside of row number one after a second place finish in the Clash. The cream rising to the top here in the latter stages of the Daytona 500. The leaders work off turn number two chasing Bobby Allison. It is Bobby Allison still out in front. Waltrip is second. Davey Allison third. Dale Earnhardt now has a race on his hands for fourth. Buddy Baker's coming at him hard. Baker looking to the inside as they race for fourth spot. Baker will move low. Baker making the move on Earnhardt in turn three. Drops to the bottom of the racetrack. Earnhardt drifts up low. Baker is alongside. They're side by side for fourth. They'll race back to the start-finish line for that position. Buddy Baker hangs onto the low part of the racetrack. The fans jump to their feet. Earnhardt takes the outside groove around. It'll be a dead heat at the start-finish line for that spot. As they head back into turn number one, looks like they're going to race that way all the way around the speedway. It has been a barn burner all day long as... Bobby Allison continues to dominate here at this stage of the race. Darrell Waltrip has just dropped back to the number three position. And the fans that are here today watching the Daytona 500 have never seen anything like this. There will be 100 miles to go when they come down across the stripe and put lap 160 on the board. 167 laps are on the board. 200 make up today's running of the Daytona 500. Darrell Waltrip coming off turn number four. That day glow orange tide ride for Darrell Waltrip. Buddy Baker, Neil Bonnet, Rusty Wallace, Kenny Schrader. They are the drivers currently on the leaderboard ahead of Terry Labonte. Then Sterling Marlin, Rick Wilson. They've had a long week having to go to a backup car after an accident earlier in the week. And then Bobby Hillen Jr. Here come Neil Bonnet and Buddy Baker to the pits. First Dick Brooks. Well, Buddy Baker makes, makes a good stop, regular stop. They're checking the right side tires. Even took tires out of that car in case they needed them. But they're not going to use them. They're only going to fill him up with fuel and go away. One thing that could happen with Darrell Walter, Darrell pitted out of sync uh, back about 80 laps, somewhere along in there. He ran 10 or 12 laps longer than anybody else did. 
One thing he may be able to do here is to, uh, these guys are having to top these things off. When they come in 165 or so, they're having to top these fuel tanks off completely in order to make it. Now, he's running by himself, so he doesn't have any draft, and he's probably losing a little bit of time. I haven't been clocking, but I'm sure he is. And, but he, if he run 175 laps or so, he only needs a little more than one tank of fuel. He can make a 7 or 8 second stop instead of a 12 or 13 second stop, and he's way back ahead. Benny Parsons, the latest driver to go to the garage area this afternoon. Let's see if Gary Montgomery has finally caught up with him. I finally caught up with him, uh, Barney. The problem is he came in so quietly I didn't know he was coming. You, uh, you didn't announce your uh, entry, Benny. No, the engine was not running, so I wasn't making a lot of noise when I came in. Uh, what did happen, you know? <laughs> well, I tell you what. We've been down to shooting at the bullseye with this Ford. How's that for getting our sponsors in, huh? Uh, we've been shooting at the bullseye with this Ford for two weeks, and we just have never even gotten close. We had a miss yesterday afternoon, which we changed engines trying to cure. It did not fix it. Uh, but about 20 laps ago, I lost a couple of cylinders, and then finally... It just it started smoking badly, and I told the guys, hey, we might as well quit. It was an uphill battle all day. You had to start way in the back, of course, and uh, it was moving through uh, reasonably well despite the problems. Well, you know, if I could just work the draft right and catch on to some of the faster cars, I could, you know, just about keep up with them. But, uh, you know, I was a follower today, not a leader. You'll have another chance. <laughs> hey, let's go to Richmond. Hey, folks, all of you that's here today, come on to Richmond last week. Let's try this Bulldog Barbecue Ford. There on the half mile. See if it's not a little better. Benny Parsons, he'll be at Richmond next week. Bobby Allison and Davey Allison hooking up in a tight two-car draft. They are currently running third and fourth, but the teams directly ahead of them, Darrell Waltrip and Terry Labonte, should be coming in for pit stops here. As a matter of fact, comes Labonte right now in off turn number four. Tim Brewer and the crew standing by, Dick Brooks. Well, he's coming in as fast as he can because they've been running out there by themselves for a while. This stop is very critical. They've got two cans of gas up. They're bumping their spoiler up just a little bit on the car. they got one can in. They're putting the other one in. They're counting three and let it go. They dumped about half of that can in. Now, one thing I said earlier about having a ratchet rear end, when they dropped the hammer on that thing, he took off. Labonte is going back onto the speedway. Still a couple of the front runners to make that pit stop. And Waltrip Jerry Punch is getting phenomenal gas mileage. Absolutely, Barney Hall. He pitted on lap 121, and as he comes by this time, it's lap 174. That's 53 laps, and he just comes by the start-finish line. He has got to be running on the fumes right now, and Jeff Hammond and the crew are getting ready to call him in. Next time by, they tell us, to turn around and shake. He will be coming down pit road. Mike Powell has one of those big, bright orange tie gas cans mounted on his knee, ready to put it in the car with 25 laps to go. Darrell Walter will be coming in next time by. They had said the other day in the qualifying races that a couple of cars ran well over 130 miles on a tank of fuel, so it looks like they're going to run even further than that here today. Waltrip will give up the lead. Here he comes off turn number four for his final pit stop, assuming this race would stay green. Let's follow that stop as he is on pit road. Jerry Punch. Critical final stop for Darrell Waltrip coming down, trying to pick up that first ever win under the Daytona 500, and he will come to a haul. We put the watches on him. The car now stops, and Mike Powell slams that bright orange tied fuel can in the car. They're pushing, leaning on the car. The crew now lining up against the rear spoiler to push the car away. Second can going in. Waltrip now down 10.88 seconds. The car trouble in turn two. Harry Gant spins off the banking. The car is going sideways. Backs into the wall in the back straightaway, then turns back around the front end. Hits 
hits the wall. All the cars go down to the inside of the racetrack. No one else so far involved as Gant's car sits halfway down the back straightaway. It'll put us under caution. The caution is on the racetrack, and all that strategy that we talked about may go out the window because we could see everyone back on pit road, and possibly we might not. But Harry Gant's car has come to rest just off turn number two. We see it firing now. Let's go back to Joe Moore. The car broke loose all by itself, Barney, coming off the banking of turn number two. He slid sideways down the banking about halfway down the back straightaway before finally the rear end collided with the outside retaining wall. The car spun around, then the front end hit the wall, and Gant miraculously has refired the car and is limping back towards the pits. Harry Gant had a lot to smile about today. He's been up in that front pack all afternoon after probably the most dismal season in 1987 that he's had in his entire career. Had a good shot to win this thing, but right now problems have befallen the skull bandit car of Harry Gant. Here comes Daryl Waltrip onto pit road again. Let's go back to Jerry Punch. Well, they're going to put tires on it this time, and he will be followed down pit road by a number of cars next time by as all the crews are planning their final stops to get rubber. Here's Walter Finn, and we'll go to the right side of the car and put tires on the car. Bobby Allison brings the Miller Buick in pit road. Dale Earnhardt further up pit road. Here's Rusty Wallace, the Kodiak Pontiac. Bill Elliott brings the Coors Motorcraft forward. The jack being slung around on the left side of Walter's car. Jeff Hammond and the crew scurrying for four tires. Here is Neil Vaughn at the Valvoline Pontiac. The Piedmont efforts for Sterling Marlin. Michael Waltrip, everyone, and Waltrip, a good pit stop, four tires. He's trying to get down, and Davey Allison will beat him down pit road. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Buddy Baker was the first one out down here. He was the third one in and the first one out. They put four tires on his car, and away he went. Terry Labonte put four tires on his car. He was the next one gone. Kenny Schrader was in. He, uh, he, he came in about the same time as Terry Labonte did. They put four tires on his car, and he was gone. The uh, Kodak number four car of uh, Rick Wilson, is. Uh, they're waiting for him to come in. Uh, 26 car of, of uh, Ricky Rudd is sitting there putting right side tires on his car and filling up with fuel. They're going to go to the left side with him and turn him loose. He should be the final pit stops of the day, and boy, has it set up a finish for the Daytona 500. Everybody with fresh rubber on the machines and a full tank of fuel to get at it and settle the Daytona 500. 177 laps are complete. Let's see if we can get a word with Harry. We've got Harry here. He's just dismounted from the number 33 school car, and Harry, uh, a great ride while it lasted, but unfortunately, it's all been up right now. Yeah, it just... Uh... I don't know. I was a little bit loose, and the uh, car was, you know, bouncing a little bit, but it just picked both rear wheels up when Phil was parsing in the 55 cars right behind me. There. Either he blew the tire or picked both wheels, because it just turned around <laughs> like on grease. Well, you've got to feel good despite this unfortunate uh, finish here or lack of finish because the car really was working while you were in the hunt for the win. Yeah, we just went from one extreme to the other on the adjustment, and uh, I guess we got it too loose the last time there. And, uh, Evidently, the wind pressure just left the rear spoiler, and never Phil pulled his car in behind me real close. And we were trying to get, a, you know, gain on other cars. And that's all I know, unless it uh, blew a tire or something. I don't know. I feel like it just lifted off the ground. Hard luck, Harry Gant, out of that Daytona 500. Harry Gant still has a lot to smile about. That team seems to have been turned around here at Daytona and is going in the right direction. 178 laps are down. Don't go away from the Daytona International Speedway. This is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Well, we're down to it. 181 laps are completed Daytona. 19 to go. Looks like a group of pigs getting ready to go to the trough, so to speak, as they're forming up in the middle of the back straightaway. Somebody's going to get shuffled out as they come down to the end for the Daytona 500 this afternoon. Who's going to win it? There's a lot of drivers that this is the plum of motor racing. No question about that. Biggest purse. As they work up into turn number four and get ready to go, Darrell Waltrip has to have the adrenaline pumping. So does Bobby Allison. So does young Davey Allison and Phil Parsons as they form up in turn number four to get ready to go back to green. The Pontiac safety car rolls off of turn four, heads for pit road. The field slowly now moving through turn four. Phil Parsons at the front. 
of the field of the cars that are on the lead lap, the slower cars to the inside. It'll be Kyle Petty alongside of Phil Parsons, but again, he's running at least a lap down. Jim Graham has taken the Pontiac safety car down pit road. Phil Parsons in the Oldsmobile is at the point, but he's got the Ford of Davey Allison, the Chevrolet of Darrell Waltrip, the Buick of Bobby Allison, and the Olds of Buddy Baker along with Dale Earnhardt breathing right down his neck. They're back to green flag racing, and Phil Parsons leads the charge back to turn number one. Everyone will pick their way around some of the slower cars before they begin to jockey for position. Lead draft goes to the high side of the racetrack. Phil Parsons shows the way. Davey Allison sits behind him. Here's Darrell Waltrip going down to the inside of the racetrack. A challenge for the lead off turn two. Darrell Waltrip and Bobby Allison right behind him and Darrell Waltrip pokes the nose of the tide ride into first spot. Here is Bobby Allison looking inside Waltrip to make it three wide. Allison way low and Allison by a fender into three. Bobby Allison goes from fourth into the number one spot. Davy Allison moves up right behind Waltrip and Bobby Allison as they run side by side. Door handle to door handle off of turn four. Davy Allison just said, Dad, you're on your own. He leaves him hanging out there beside of Waltrip as Davey tucks in behind Darrell trying to hang on to the draft but Allison is strong in the straightaway he goes after the lead all by himself he hasn't got it yet but he hasn't give up he's in one the Miller Buick going to work on the front straightaway heading for turn number one Waltrip will not give in though they're still side by side and right behind him is Davey Allison he's trying to sneak up in between them Phil Parsons still sits in the fourth spot Bobby Allison trying to write the final chapter on a storybook week he and Waltrip door handle to door handle down the back shoot at 190 plus Davy Allison behind. Dad moves into second spot, kicking Waltrip to third. They were three wide going in. Bobby Allison comes out at the front of the field. Davy Allison in second. Daryl Waltrip runs third. Buddy Baker has moved up into the fourth place spot. As they work off the turn, Dale Earnhardt's car slowing on the banking of turn number four. He's to the low side of the racetrack heading towards Pitt Road. Meanwhile, it's Bobby Allison streaking away with the lead here in the Daytona 500 as Dale Earnhardt's car heads down Pitt Road. Dick Brooks. Well, he's coming down pit road. I can't see anything that's wrong. He's just about to his pits, and he stops. Uh, we're going to check just a minute and see what they do to it. Now, they, got a, they must have had a vibration or a flat tire. I don't see the tire. Yeah, it looks like the right rear tire was flat. Car almost went up into the wall. Good piece of driving by Earnhardt to save it over in three and four. They dropped the jack, put him back on the racetrack. But any chance he had to win the Daytona 500, it's going to be hard to do it from what happened to him here in the latter stages. 184 on the board. Here comes the field through turn number four as Bobby and Davey Allison ride one and two. Waltrip has slipped back to the third spot, single file among the front six as they head down to the start-finish line. Behind Waltrip as they work the way back into turn number one, rides Buddy Baker. As they hit the corner, Waltrip tucks out down to the inside again, trying to catch those front two as they get into the banking in the west end of the speedway. As Waltrip goes low, Buddy Baker goes high and picks up the spot, taking Phil Parsons along with him. So Waltrip loses yet another position, and now Terry Labonte gets by Waltrip. Bobby Allison, Davey Allison, 1-2. Buddy Baker in the hunt, definitely doing a nice, nice job. Daryl Waltrip slipping further behind. Baker is third. Phil Parsons, Terry Labonte, and Waltrip. Something definitely wrong with Waltrip's car. He is slowed here in turn three. At the front, Bobby Allison, your leader. Davey Allison in second. Buddy Baker up to third. Well, you talk about a heartbreaker. Darrell Waltrip is running right up there in the third spot, battling for the lead. The front cars now peel away as Darrell is right there, back with the second pack. We work our way 186 laps around the board. 14 remain in the Daytona 500. Jerry Punch. Where are the Darrell Waltrip pit? And Jeff, uh, has Darrell said anything about a problem with the car? He seems to be slowing over there in the corner. He's talking to me right now, Jerry. I don't know what the problem is. I can get back with him. 
Okay, Darren Watson talking to Jeff Hammond right now, and they are definitely concerned in the pits. They were ready to take home the, the winner's share here at this 500, but right now they're very solemn. And we are under caution for the seventh time this afternoon. The caution flag came out one lap ago for some debris on the racetrack, which the NASCAR observers spotted. They have gone out to retrieve the pieces in the turn, and we should be getting back to green here in just a moment or so. But this jury punch turns out to be a break. Well, number one for Dale Earnhardt, who had that unscheduled stop, and Darrell Waltrip was dropping back a bit. This will get him tightened up in the pack. What's the story there? Well, they're still talking to Daryl. Apparently, Daryl said that uh, they don't think they've lost a cylinder on the engine, but the car just won't go. Daryl said the car is just t- totally flat when it comes off the corners, and it just won't go. And the question is, could it be an ignition problem? And, Jeff, uh, would it possibly be an ignition problem with the car? Would you come in and change to another amplifier? We've already switched over now, Jerry. Uh, our cars are equipped with us. Okay, Jeff talking to Daryl. There's an, there's an automatic switch in the, in the cockpit of the car that Daryl can reach up and flip over to an alternate amplifier, and that may correct the problem. They really won't know until they go back to speed to see if Daryl can come up to speed, and Jeff is now back on the headset talking to Daryl Waltrip, his driver, so they have switched to the alternate ignition, and uh, we'll see what happens. The members of the media in attendance today are voting on the Goodies Headache Award. We'll be announcing the winner of that uh, honor a bit later on. I don't want to call it really an honor, but so much the award. $750 and a sample of goodies going to that uh, winner, plus a contribution to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, that accompanies each Goodies Headache Award here in 1988. They're about to settle it. They'll have one... They'll have 20 laps to go when they come back around next time by, and it is going to be a heartbreaker for Darrell Waltrip if he ha- indeed has a mechanical problem on that car that would deny him a shot at going for a win this afternoon. Correct me, there will be 10 laps to go when they come back around, not 20 laps. So if you can hold your breath for 10 laps, I mean, some of them are going to have to. Dick, from what you've seen down on pit road as a former driver and what you've watched today and what you've heard us say on the network of the cars that are up front, Bobby Allison, Davey Allison, Buddy Baker, who can win this thing and how can they win it? Well, I think the best bet will be the guy that gets there on, on the 200th lap first. But I, I, uh, I got a pretty <laughs> good idea. That out. I got a pretty good idea that uh, that if it came down to a Bobby Davy duel, uh, I, I think Bobby would probably beat him. I think he's got a little more experience. He's he's been able to lead him all day. And I think the car's a little bit stronger. If Daryl could get up, Daryl certainly had the strongest car for a while. So if he could do that. Uh, uh, if he could get back up there and his car's running, then, then, then he's got to be a good bet. But I would bet right now on Bobby Allison. Now, Buddy Baker's just eager. He just wanted to win this race so many times. He's been way out in front so many times. And then right at the end, in the last five or six laps, he's had things go wrong. He's really going to be a factor as best he can because he's going to extend himself everybody can. So I don't know. If I had a – I've got a pool, and it, it's not Bobby Allison. If I could change it, I would right now. I'll bet you would. Well, we're about to get down to it. Here's the Pontiac Pace Car on Pit Road, 25 miles to go in the Daytona 500. Bobby Allison is the leader. His young son sits right behind him, Davey, going for his first Daytona 500 win. Buddy Baker has as much experience as anyone. They drop the green, and they'll stack them three and four wide back in the pack as they shuffle for position and haul it off into turn number one. Allison gets up through that gearbox, but he isn't shaking anyone either. Davey hangs with him as they work turn one and two. Now Bobby gets a little bit of room ahead of Davey Allison as they head for turn number one. Davey sits at the second spot. The lapped car of Kyle Petty is on the inside. In third is a hard-charging Buddy Baker coming back off turn number two and hitting the back straightaway. Bobby Allison has the lead by two car lengths. Bobby Allison and Davey Allison pack starting to shuffle it up as they come down the back straightaway. Buddy Baker falling back a car length or two. Now closes it right back in again. Phil Parsons and Terry Labonte make up the top five. Buddy Baker goes up front with the two Allisons. Bobby to the bottom of the racetrack. The car now slings up 
to the uh, outside of the banking as he runs it off turn four. Davey in second, Buddy Baker third. Bobby Allison entering the turn far lower on the racetrack than did Davey Allison. They come off the corner again in single file. Buddy Baker is there. Phil Parsons and Terry Labonte scrambling their way near the point, but at single file at this point, nobody is backing out of line among the top ten cars. Bobby Allison leads him into the corner, dropping down to the low side with the Miller Buick. Davey is second. Here's Buddy Baker looking to the inside of Davey. They'll all stay single file back down the back straightaway. Bobby Allison snaking it back and forth a little to try to break up that nine-car freight train that he heads right now. Davey Allison in second spot, doesn't make a move. Now here's Buddy Baker to the low side, challenging for second. Buddy Baker goes underneath of Davey Allison. He'll take over that second-place position as he goes after the leader, Bobby Allison. Back in the third-place spot is Davey, and then up into fourth, Bill Parsons. Dick Brooks may have hit on a key point there a moment ago. Experience could win this race also as Buddy Baker just nudges underneath Davey Allison. Single file, they're back at the line. Phil Parsons hangs on back there in the draft. Single file, they'll go back into the corner. If you make one mistake now, you have no chance of winning the 500. They're in turn two. They're closing in on Bobby Allison coming through turn number one. Davey goes way high in the banking. Down to the inside of him is Buddy Baker. And Baker again shuffles down to the second spot. Baker, nobody to draft with at the moment, but he has pulled Davey Allison by perhaps offender as they come down the back shoot. Now Baker slipping back. Davey well into second. Phil Parsons is third. Baker back to seventh. Baker getting left out there to dry as he continues to drop back a couple more spots. Bobby Allison still at the front of the freight train. Davey Allison in second. Phil Parsons third. And Labonte in fourth. Buddy Baker has yet to tuck back in line. He's running back in the eighth position. Might have a spot to tuck in in front of Darrell Walchip or Rusty Wallace. Back to the stripe. 193 laps are on the board. Bobby Allison still leads Davey Allison. Phil Parsons is there. Buddy Baker all the way to the back of that lead draft. Still in single file except for Buddy Baker who has dropped back to the seventh spot. He's battling alongside the Rusty Wallace automobile in the banking of turn number two. Bobby Allison leads away. Single file. Bobby Allison, Davey Allison, Phil Parsons turning in a great, great drive, sitting in third position. Running fourth, Terry Labonte. Good outing for him. Neil Bonnet is fifth. Bobby Allison had about four car lengths. They'll close that back up to a couple in turn three. It's still Bobby Allison, your leader. Davey Allison holds the number two spot. Phil Parsons third, Terry Labonte fourth, and Neil Bonnet fifth. That's going to make everybody in that lead draft gun shy to see what happens to Buddy Baker. He pulled down. Nobody went with him. They shut the door, and now Baker goes all the way back to about ninth position. They head back to turn number one one more time with the Allisons leading the pack. It's single file down the end of the back or front straightaway up in turn number one. Again, Davey Allison climbs the banking in turn number one. Further behind them, way high on the banking is Rusty Wallace. He picks up a spot now, moving up alongside the Sterling Marlin car. It is Bobby Allison holding out of the point. Davey Allison riding right with him in second. Then it's Phil Parsons, Terry Labonte, Neil Bonnet. Kenny Schrader's moved back to sixth position. Rusty Wallace having a good run up front as they did a great job earlier to keep that car on the lead lap. Bobby Allison leads him through turn four. Davey Allison in second. Phil Parsons hole third. It's Labonte and then Bonnet. Rusty Wallace had made the outside move around Sterling Marlin. He had very little to lose and made the pass successfully. Now snaking their way through this trial area and back to the stripe. Bobby Allison still shows the way with five laps to go. Buddy Baker looking to the outside of the trial can't make a pass there either. Bobby's in the lead. Davey Allison is second. Up in turn number one. The third place car is Phil Parsons. Right behind him is Terry Labonte. They're all in single file. Off two and back on the back straightaway. Top four cars starting to open it up just a little bit over fifth place. Neil Bonnet still Bobby Bobby and Davey Allison. No one making a move out of line this time by. Labonte is fourth. Bonnet is fifth. Schrader is sixth. 
Bonnet brings the freight train back together as they run up in turn three. Bobby Allison, your leader. Davy Allison holds the number two spot. Phil Parsons still right there in third. Labonte is fourth. Bonnet fifth and Schrader sixth. Well, the whole field knows that Bobby Allison and Davy Allison are certainly going to help each other to try and keep the rest of the field back there if they can. But on that final lap, it's every man for himself. Bobby Allison takes him back to turn of the one. Phil Parsons trying to hold on to third position. When and where will they make the move from third on back? It's going to be interesting to see. They're over in turn two. A few of the front runners trying some different lines coming through the corner. This time, Terry Labonte takes it just a little bit lower. He sits in the fourth spot ahead of him now, the Davey Allison car. Father and Sunday here at Daytona Beach International Speedway with Bobby Allison holding the point once again. Davey Allison is second, third to Phil Parsons, fourth to Terry Labonte. Bobby Allison leads him up through turn three. Davey Allison to within a car length. Phil Parsons a little lower down on the racetrack. Labonte right there in fourth. Bonnet is fifth. Schrader sixth. Rusty Wallace seventh. Still about a 12-car draft. Single file back down to the line. Bobby Allison looks in the mirror. They're all there. It's just a matter of time. When will they make their move or can they make a move? Davey rides in the draft. One car length back. Still single file among the top 12. Bobby Allison and the Miller Buick down into turn number one. Climbing the banking a little bit higher this time. Davey sits in the second spot. It's the Allisons up front as they come off turn number two. Third is Phil Parsons. Fourth, Terry Labonte. Fifth is Neil Bonnet. Terry Labonte trying to work with Phil Parsons to see if they can close in on Bobby and Davey Allison, but they're not having much luck. They're about two car lengths back. Bobby is your leader. Davey Allison second. Parsons is third. Fourth to Labonte. Parsons closing that gap in turn three as he drops a little lower down on the 31 degree backing. Still Bobby Allison your leader. Davey Allison second. Phil Parsons third. Terry Labonte fourth. Coming up on two laps to go here on the Daytona 500. One of the slower cars, Rick Jeffrey, precedes the leaders across the stripe. He'll get out of everybody's way as Bobby Allison again snakes that field through the trioval back to turn number one. Davey Allison, his son, right on his rear deck. Terry Levani back in the fourth spot begins looking down to the inside of Phil Parsons for a chance to make the move. That it's blocked, however, by the Rick Jeffries car down on the inside of the racetrack. Bobby Allison leads Davey off turn two. Just a couple of go-arounds left. Bobby and Davey Allison leaving everybody in their wake now, opening up three car lengths over Phil Parsons in third. Terry Labonte, Neil Bonnet, and Teddy Trader. Dale Earnhardt has caught the lead draft now. Phil Parsons scrambling to try to stay with Bobby and Davey Allison up through turn four. Bobby Allison still at the point. Davey Allison right there in second. And Phil Parsons third. Give a lot of credit to Earnhardt. He's worked his way back up into about 10th position. He's been in a hot battle there for that spot. Here's Allison. White flag as he flashes across the start-finish line. Bobby Allison takes him back to turn one. Davey Allison rides right behind him. They've opened a little daylight from third on back. Bobby Allison shows the way on the final lap down into turn number one. His son Davey about a car length back as they lead the pack of seven cars for the last time off the banking of turn two. Bobby Allison trying to hit the triple here at Daytona this week. A winner Thursday, a winner yesterday, trying for three straight. He's a car and a half ahead of his son, Davey Allison. Third is Phil Parsons. Fourth is Terry Labonte. Here's Bonnet bidding for fourth. Bonnet makes the move around into the fourth place position. Still, Bobby Allison, your leader. Here's Davey Allison to the bottom of the racetrack. Davey Allison tries it on the inside. One last try for Davey Allison, but he has to tuck back in line just behind his dad, who was a twice winner of the Daytona 500. Bobby Allison wins it for the third time in his career. Right behind him was Davey Allison holding on to a tight third-place battle was Phil Parsons with Terry Labonte and Neil Bonnet. What a finish as the Alabama gang, Bobby and Davey Allison, take positions one and two. It was quite a finish. really was. Bobby Allison, a winner here in 1978. He won here in 1982. Duplicates it or triplicates it, if you will, here in 1988 with Davey Allison coming so very close, just not having the horses to outdistance the Miller High Life Buick. 
Bobby Allison is rolling down pit road, heading for victory lane after collecting his third Daytona 500 win. His son, Davey, will finish second. Unofficially, Phil Parsons third, Neil Bonnet fourth, and rounding out the top five, as we have it right now, would be Terry Labonte. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Let's go to victory lane and see what's going on there. Well, Bobby Allison climbing out of the Miller Buick, and uh, Bobby, uh, congratulations on a tremendous effort. Well, I'm going to tell you, the Stavola Brothers crew, Ron Furrier, uh, Keith Allman, Jimmy Finnig, and all of uh, all of the crew, both teams, Bobby Hillen's team and mine, they've worked so hard all winter, and this Buick Regal is really a fine race car. What a storybook finish. You and your young son, Davey, those last few laps. Uh, what was going through your mind, knowing that Davey was back there? And he's a pretty fair race driver. He learned from one of the best. Well, I'll tell you what, he is a fine young man and a tremendous competitor. Uh, an awful lot of credit needs to go to Davey and the uh, whole Rainier crew for straightening that car out after getting wrecked at the end of practice yesterday. He drove the wheels off of it all day. He's a fine young man. I'm proud to say that he belongs to me and Judy. Well, speaking of Judy, let's ask her. Judy, now those last few laps had to be pretty hard on, the, on mom here. You got your husband leading and your, and your son running second. Uh, who were you pulling for? Well, as long as Bobby was in the lead, I was pulling for him, okay? You know, one and two is fine with me if we're in the lead. Well, she's been around Bobby enough to know how to play the politics. Uh, Bobby, congratulations again. Uh, it looked like everyone said during the week you were going to have them covered, and uh, you were pretty strong out there, but there were times I think that Daryl Waltrip could run with you, and so could Earnhardt and a few others. Well, Daryl was really strong, and so was Dale. Uh, everybody ran really good all day today. Uh, I, you know, I don't know who to to salute uh they all did a great job uh you know had a tremendous race for bill france and uh i really hope that uh, nobody was injury i know injured i know that petty was in that one wreck i hope he's okay well we got in word that richard petty is uh, going to be kept kept overnight or has been released we are told now from uh, over at the hospital they're just telling us he's being released and uh, he, he even radioed back and said if there's long enough caution maybe i can get back in it so uh, i'm sure he would send his congratulations along to you as well well he's a great guy and i sure hated to see him get wrecked especially with such uh, severity and uh, i'm glad he's okay bobby allison picks up his sixth ever win at daytona his third daytona 500 victory at the miller high life buick time for us now to vote the peak coolest move of the race award and well, there were a lot of those today. Some were and some were not overly successful. What do you think out there, Joe Moore? Well, Eli, my uh, pick is uh, one that uh, wasn't quite as successful as some of the others possibly, but for a while he was certainly in his glory, probably one of his best runs yet in Winston Cup racing. That's young Trevor Boys. He stayed right there with the front runners. He was a lap down, worked back to get his lap down. Of course, as it turned out, he didn't finish quite that well, but my vote goes for him. Trevor Boys. Good nomination. Rick Benjamin in turn three. Well, in this part of the Speedway, there can be only one nomination. Bobby Allison, with his move at about the midpoint of the race, went four wide, almost to the grass on the inside to make a pass and get the lead back. He was battling Darrell Waltrip at the time. Pass worked out well for Bobby, obviously, as he went on to win the race. Bobby Allison gets our vote out here. Pat Gonzalez. My vote will go to Rusty Wallace. He, of course, uh, had some problems there when he uh, came out of turn four going through the uh, the petty wreck and had some problems. They worked really hard during the extended caution to keep him on the lead lap, and uh, he's uh, ends up here in uh, seventh place. So they really had to, to battle for that seventh-place position with some uh, cool heads along pit road and from Rusty Wallace. And, Dr. Punch, what do you think? 
Well, I'll tell you, we're down here. We don't get to see a lot, as we said before, on pit road. But uh, what I saw, uh, young Phil Parsons, who uh, who had such a great finish in that Crown Skull Classic Oldsmobile. And Phil started back in 19th spot, and he was biding his time all afternoon. Uh, he was snaked his way through some of that traffic, some of that debris up in turn four. He stayed out of trouble, ran a good steady race, ran a conservative race, and was there at the finish to get a good third-place finish. I'll give my vote to Phil Parsons. Dick Brooks? Well, I've been there many, many times, and I'm going to go with Trevor Boyce. I think he needs it. I don't know if he deserves it, but uh, he sure had a good day most of the day, and he's not going to take a whole big pot home, so uh, uh, why not? Gary Montgomery in the garage. Well, I'm going to come from left field on this one, and uh, nobody saw it, but it's an example of what makes racing the greatest sport in the world as far as I'm concerned. Connie Saylor, uh, involved in an early race crash, went to the hospital. We didn't document this at all during the broadcast. He came out of the hospital. I was standing at the gate. He came out at a full run. There's a little chain across to keep people out of the, that area. He jumped over the fence, that little fence, and went to his car trying to get it back into the race. So he's a racer's racer. He didn't have a chance of winning it before he started nor after the crash, and that's just for all the racers that make racing so great. Connie Saylor gets my vote for the peak cool move of the race. Barney, I think uh, Trevor, Boy- Trevor Boys is certainly deserving uh, to some degree, but I am going to go with Bobby Allison for the maneuver he put on on lap 147 out in turn number two when the car just about got away uh, in a host of traffic, and you and I commented at the time that a move like that comes with experience, and it went on to help win the race for Bobby Allison. So although he'll get a lion's share of the million-and-a-half-dollar uh, purse, of course, the team is involved uh, today, you've got to uh, look at Bobby Allison for picking up that uh, move out in the corner. That's a good nomination, but I think I'm going to cast my vote for Trevor Boys because he did start toward the tail end of the field. He used his head all day long, made cool moves on restarts, linking up. When he would see somebody pull out to get to the front, he would immediately drop out and get in behind him, work himself up a position at a time, knowing that he was at a great disadvantage to win this thing today or even come up with a good finish. For that reason, I'll go with Trevor Boys. So Trevor Boys gets the $500 and the five points for winning the peak coolest move of the race award today. Those five points go towards a season-long battle, which pays off at the season's halfway point and again at the end of the Winston Cup season. Only 26 cars are running at the finish of the day's Daytona 500. Quickly, we'll take you back through the field uh, as far as we can. Bobby Allison, the winner. Davey Allison finishing second. Phil Parsons ran third. Neil Bonnet was fourth. Terry Labonte was fifth. Kenny Schrader sixth. Finishing seventh, Rusty Wallace. Sterling Marlin comes home with an eighth-place run today. Buddy Baker ninth. Tenth to Dale Earnhardt. Darrell Waltrip will finish 11th. Bill Elliott twelfth. Thirteenth to Bobby Hillen. Jeff Bodine credited with 14th-place finish. Rick Wilson comes up 15th. 16th is Dale Jarrett. Seventeenth is Ricky Rudd. Eighteenth is Trevor Boys. Kyle Petty 19th. Brad Teague gets a 20th position finish this afternoon. Dave Marcus 21st. Mike Waltrip 22nd. Steve Moore 23rd. 24th to Jimmy Means. 25th position will go to Ralph Jones. And Ed Pym, the rookie driver, one of only two in the field today, comes home in 26th position. I want to thank Martha Oliver and Louise Frazier, who again today handled everything on the scoring loop for us. Our spotters were Peter Locke, John Lewis, and Scott Montgomery. Pit runner was Jim Norton. Throughout the day, you, of course, heard from Joel Moore, Rick Benjamin, Pat Gonzalez, Dr. Jerry Punch, Dick Brooks, and Gary Montgomery. So for the entire crew and for Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Our congratulations to Bobby Allison winning his third Daytona 500. So long, everyone. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.